thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to IMSA Radio on RS2. Always good to have your company. Our Super Saturday rounds up with our Michelin Pilot Challenge at Laguna Seca event at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, one, uh, sorry, uh, one of the, I was going to say one of the best kept secrets, but I don't think it is uh, anymore. Uh, to be honest, because you've all caught on to it, haven't you? And rightly so. Always uh, very exciting, always very entertaining, and hopefully exactly the same. Uh, today, we had uh, qualifying uh, earlier on for the uh, WeatherTech Race Wheel going to take a 120, two hours uh, of uh, racing. We'll go through the grid for you. With Jeremy Shaw in a little while, we'll pick out some keys to the race. And of course, uh, as Jeremy joins me here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, we'll have Shea Adam as our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock Reporter. Stand by for action. We're on IMSA Radio RS2 at the moment. We'll go live in sound and vision for those of you outside the USA in round about 10 minutes' time. It's the... Uh, WeatherTech Race Wheel Laguna Seca 120 live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Let's uh, straight away bring in Jeremy Shaw and say good afternoon uh, to you, Jeremy. Um, interesting earlier on, uh, not a not a clean qualifying, but for everybody. But has the uh, has the usual suspects, uh, have the usual suspects risen to the top? Yeah, indeed they have, I think. Uh, it's it's a much uh, smaller field than we had uh, a couple of weeks ago at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Quite a lot of teams not making the, the long trek out west. So particularly in TCR, it's a bit thin with only eight cars. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, the Brian Herder Autosport team certainly bossing that one. And it's the usual pair, really, uh, at the front uh, overall as well. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's situation normal, but I think we're in for an exciting race. A, f- a couple of very, very good qualifying runs from a couple of drivers that perhaps one wouldn't have expected, which is always nice to see. We'll run through the full grid with Jeremy in just a few moments. Time for those of you at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Welcome along uh, and uh, thank you uh, for being with us. I know we're on the pier there. Thanks to Tyler and the rest of the team for getting us on the air there. Let's go to Shea Adam, our VP Racing field pit and paddock reporter. Where are the stories, Shea? What uh, what should we be following? Uh, two big stories as far as GS is concerned, especially for Don Gordon. He asked the question on Twitter earlier this week. What's the story with the Aston Martin that we saw debuted last time out for Archangel Motorsports? Well, it was a brand new car for Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, and it was a one and done for that chassis. 
But thankfully, Alan Brynjolfsson, who walked away from the crash uninjured, had his eye on a second car before the crash ever began. He was able to obtain it. They've got the new car. It's wrapped in the livery. It is out on track and qualified very well. I'm not going to give any spoilers, Mike. That's for Jeremy's good read. But the other big story as far as GS is concerned, when we last left our heroes, the 39 for Carbon Autosports with Paragon Racing and the Audi, Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall, deeply entrenched in the championship battle with Nate Stacy and Kyle Marcelli in the 60 Aston Martin. They missed the drive time, did the 39. They parked the car in the pit lane and retired rather than continue around for the rest of the race and then be disqualified. Why is that important? Because they walked away with some points instead of no points, meaning that they are 20 behind their rivals coming into this race. Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall both acknowledging this is a win-or-go-home situation. They need to win this race and hope for some misfortune from their championship rivals. But they are set to do exactly what they need to today. And McQuarrie has actually been camping at the circuit just outside of Turn 5. Uh, let's take a look at how they line up then for the WeatherTech race. We're going to take at 1.20 for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Curry in London will play the famous music and Jeremy Short will run down the grades. Well, how's it looking, Jeremy? Yeah, this is going to be round nine of the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Today's WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca 1.20.25 cars will line up be 17 GS cars and eight TCRs. We're missing the number 96 turn of motorsport BMW. Vin Barletta had a big crash on, uh, where are we, Friday, yesterday in, in practice. So that car has been withdrawn. And instead, Vin Barletta is going to join Robbie Foley in the in the sister car so bill Oberlin will not be driving in this race which is always a shame so starting at the back of the field in the 25th position for brian O'Hurdo autosport is the tcr kind of a 29th a hyundai veloster of spencer brockman he actually qualified fifth in the category but he's gone to the back because they've elected to change a fresh set of tires for the race that's purely a strategic move by that number 29 team Row 12 of the grid, Gavin Ernstone, car number 61. That's a road shagger racing Audi. Gavin did not qualify. He's been suffering from back spasms, so he didn't want to overextend himself during the qualifying session. He's going to be towards the back in any case, so just start from the back and, and, and get on with it. Car number 77, that's Taylor Hagler. We'll start in the 23rd position. That's the, the lone LA Honda World Racing, Honda Civic TCR in the field. Also, the lone Alfa Romeo Giulietta. That's the KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering entry. That's car number five for Ryan Block. We'll start in the 22nd position. 21st on the grid is Max Faulkner in car number 23, the Fast MD Racing with Speed Syndicate Audi. And then we come to the Brian Herder Autosport with Kerb Agajani and Hyundais. Three of them at the front of the grid. Third fastest in the qualifying was the championship, was the erstwhile championship leader. Doesn't lead it anymore. It's Ryan Norman in car number 33. Mason Filippi, who now does lead the championship, is in second place in qualifying. But on the pole position, for the second time this year, the young... Youngster is uh, Harry Gottsacker, who will be starting at number 21 car in the 18th position pole for TCR. Moving on to GS, Samir Gandhi making his first race of the season for Carbon Motorsports, the Audi R8 car number 93. 
wrote eight of the beginnings of Vin Barletta in the number 95 Turner Motorsport BMW, alongside Frank Depew in number 71, the Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4R. The lone Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport will start in the 14th position. That's a BGB Motorsports number 38 for the Canadian Tom Collingwood, alongside Jim Cox in number 35, a, a championship contender overall in the Riley Motorsports Mercedes AMG GT4. A similar car from Murillo Racing, Canada 65, Tim Probert will start 12th alongside Hayley Deegan, making her return to the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, her second race this season. She made a debut at Daytona at the beginning of the year. That's car number 22, the Multimatic Motorsport Ford Mustang GT4 she will share with Seb Prio. Row 10 uh, is Sheila Monk who will start the motorsports in action, McLaren 570S GT4, that's car number three, alongside James Clay, the number 82 Bimmer World BMW M4. Bryce Ward will start the number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes from the eighth position, alongside the second of the Bimmer World BMWs, car number 80, Nick Galanti. Row three on the outside, Jeff Mosey, car number 56, the Marilla Racing Mercedes, alongside the, uh, the uh, Alan Brynjolfsson, in yet another Archangel Motorsports Aston Martin Vantage GT4, that's car number seven. This is actually the car that was driven, entered by Stephen Cameron Racing in the first race of the season. On the outside of the second row, his best ever qualifying run by a long way in the car number 40, that's the PF Racing Ford Mustang. In the fourth position, James Pezek. Excellent job by James. He's really improved in the latter part of this season. He will start alongside Russell Ward in the car number four, the Windward Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. The Aston Martin Vantage of Nate Stacey uh, is the uh, the championship leader. He will start in the second position for Core Motorsports in car number 60. And for the fifth time this season in nine races, he will be sharing the front row of the grid with the number 39 car barn with Peregrine Racing Audi GT4. Car number 39 is Tyler McQuarrie. This is his second consecutive pole here at his home racetrack, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, and he set a new track record as well. So Tyler McQuarrie will start from the pole position. That's Jeremy Shaw with the full lineup then for the Michelin Pilot Challenge Laguna Seca 120. Well, get ready because we're not too far away for firing up sound and vision together on radio-show.co.uk. And, of course, uh, on, we've got the sound on RS2. If you're in uh, the US, that's your choice, RS2, uh, for us. Although, of course, you will be able to see the full rerun without any breaks uh, in a week or so's time once the show has aired on NBCSN. Uh, Shea Adam, what are we looking for? You've got 30 seconds to tell me. What do you reckon uh, is, uh, are we looking for in terms of storylines in uh, TCR? In TCR, we've got a championship battle on our hands between the Hyundais. It is Gottsacker, Felipe, and Norman, the top three on the grid and the top three in the championship. So they are going to be fighting it out, but you've got other cars right behind the Max Faulkner and the Audi for Fast MD just looking for race wins at this point. Can the Alpha finally break through and get it done? Or how about the lone Honda? We only have one of them this weekend, but only one car can win a race. Uh, and in GT4 GS Grand Sport. 
uh, again, championship at the head of the field, but then you've got the people who aren't thinking championship and they are only interested in race wins. Russell Ward a year ago took his first win in this championship in this car at this track. He starts third today. Can he pull off two in two years? Keep an eye on the second and third row of GS. You've got some very fast starting there, Shea, starting drivers and cars there. Shea Adam uh, will be reporting from the pit and paddock as our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. We'll keep you up to date with all of the pit stops. This is a quick track, doesn't have a lot of grip. Tire wear uh, will be an issue. You have to have patience here as well. There's one or two places, quite a lot of places, where it is a bit follow my leader and you can't force the issue without having help from the drivers that you want to go by. But most importantly, there's no room for error here, whether that's out on the track or in the pit lane. It's going to take a clean race if you want to be there at the end. We're going sound and vision now, live from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the beautiful Monterey Peninsula. This place has got just about everything that your heart would ever desire. Fantastic coastline, golf courses if you are... Uh, of that persuasion some fantastic driving ro roads for two or four wheels oh and did i mention the restaurants uh, great restaurants uh, as well the left coast is the best coast is what people around here say we're just between uh, monterey and salinas in california for 11 corners and just under two and a quarter miles of a really fabulous circuit that has changed very little down through the years yes we've got the infield section now round the dry lake bed from which weathertech race where laguna seca gets its name whereas before of course it used to just go straight up the hill and i could barely think that they used to do that, particularly with the big formula cars. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Of course, it's a beautiful day. It's always fantastic here. And in front of us, 120 minutes of action. Temperature in the air, 24 Celsius are on the track, 30 degrees Celsius. So it's come down a wee bit from earlier on today. We've got the Hyundai pace car as it is now. Safety car, if we should see it again in the... N blue, the eggshell blue, uh, leading the field around in two classes with 17 GS GT4 cars and eight uh, of the TCR class cars. At the front, Carbon with Paragon Racing Audi and Nate Stacey uh, behind the wheel on the outside of the front row for Core Motorsport. So that's Tyler McQuarrie and Nate Stacey on the front row. The Core Motorsports Aston leading the championship and one of its very close contenders right on the front row. Winwood Racing getting better and better but haven't had the results that their pace has deserved. Russell Ward on the inside of row two in the dark coloured AMG GT4, the number four car. James Pesek, not dark at all. That car is not a shrinking violet. The number 40 is bright pink, the Ford Mustang GT4. On row three, Alan Brynjolfsson, highlighter yellow, Archangel Motorsports, Aston Martin, Vantage GT4, their second race with 
and Aston Martin, but not with this Aston Martin. As the previous race at Michelin Raceway at Road Atlanta, the chassis was written off in an accident, and that is a new car to the team. He's got Jeff Mosing for company for Marillo Racing in the number 56. That's the uh, metallic ginger or copper-coloured Mercedes-Benz. Got one more at uh, two and a quarter miles behind the safety car before we come to the green. Behind Mosing, it's Bimmer World BMW, Winwood with the second of their AMG GT4s, then the second of the Bimmer World BMWs. Motorsports in action, Mia with their McLaren 570S. Sheena Monk will start that car from 10th position. Uh, Helen Degen, Degen from Multimatic in the Ford Mustang, next up in the 22 car. Then Marillo Racing, their second car, Tim Probert in the 65. Uh, then it's Riley Motorsports, BGB, Rebel Rock Racing, Frank Depew uh, starting before handing over the Chevrolet Camaro GT4R2 uh, to Robin Liddell, the Scotsman, who loves this place. Vin Barletta coming off his first uh, win of the season last time out for Turner Motorsports. Then Carbon uh, at the back of the field in TCR. It's Hyundai, 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 Audi. And that is 21, 98, 33. All Brian Hurd at Autosports with Kirk Agajanian, Veloster NTCRs. The first of the non-Hundes is the uh, Audi from Fast MD Racing. That's Max Faulkner with Speed Syndicate, the number 23 car. Uh, then it's LA Honda World. Then it is uh, the Road Shagger Racing, Gavin Ernston, Audi. And right at the back uh, is the uh, fourth of the... Brian Hurt Autosports with Kirk Agajanian uh, Hyundai Velosters. That's the number 29 car. That's how the full field lines up. No Turner Motorsport BMW GT4. It's a non-starter, the number 96. Uh, Shea Adam, why is that car not on the grid? Because of a severe damage uh, sustained to it at turn 10 yesterday, about 24 hours ago, when Vin Barletta was behind the wheel. So that car is not starting, but the good news is Vin and Robbie are teamed up. They're in the 95, and they are 16th on the grid in that car. Side by side, start, no break between the GSs and the TCRs. The field now under the control of the Carbon with Paragon Racing Audi on pole position. Tyler McQuarrie from the left-hand side of the grid as the green flag is waved and we are racing in WeatherTech Racing Laguna 120 for the Michelin Pilots Challenge of 2020. Fabulous start by the Audi. Aston drops into second place, then the bright pink of the Mustang trying to go around the outside for James Pesic. He's got Russell Ward on his inside and they're still side by side as they go up to turn number three and Russell Ward has to give best. Oh, he's not, you know, he's trying to go around the outside and almost drops two Michelin tyres onto the dirt at the exit of turn uh -oh. three and already we've got a spinner at the pole start. Sitter. In fact, this, that's the pole sitter. Thank you, Shea. Uh, that is the pole sitter in the Hyundai that's gone around uh, and there's a couple of cars involved in that, both Hyundais. This is disastrous for the Veloster team and that's serious damage for both of them. The 21 has dropped way back down. That was Gottsecker and I, I think in there as well is the, is it the 98? It is the 98. I thought I saw the blue as the... Uh, the uh, dust settled. It was coming out of the Andretti hairpin at turn two. And both of those cars are very badly damaged. And we have gone full course yellow. It will be what's called 
a short yellow. But I have to tell you now, the, the 21 car has uh, got severe damage. Sheer Adam, this is huge news for the championship. There were there was no gap between the back of the GS field and the TCR field. Uh, they were getting in amongst oh. it, and there was what it was the BGB Porsche that was right in the middle of that, and that was the issue. They'd caught up with the back of the TCR, uh, with back of the GS field. My apologies, uh, and got into a bit of RG and if you will bargy. And that is what started the issue as they are so, the TCR cars are so quick through the twisty bits. They're very good on the brakes. And there was a bit of bumping. One of the Multimatic Mustangs further up the field also involved as well in what I think was a different incident. Uh, that must have been, uh, Jeremy, the, uh, the Multimatic Mustang that uh, is, uh, was in 10th or 11th position, the GT4, the number 22 yeah. car. Yeah. It was, it was the two ladies, actually, Sheila Monk and Haley Deegan getting together there. And uh, Sheila Monk got well sideways in the McLaren. But uh, further back, you know, it's it's a problem we see where, you know, when the, the TCR cars are a good bit quicker than the tail end of the GS cars. And I would really like to go back. I've said this countless times in the past. I would really like to go back to the old system where we had the two classes starting a little bit separated, particularly when there's such a big discrepancy in the speed of the cars. This is absolutely horrendous news for the Brian Hurler Autosport with, with the Kerbag Adjaded team. The two front row contenders, two of the three championship contenders out on the first lap. And I think that's you've got to put that down to the fact that the GS cars just aren't quick enough. They don't get up to speed. They were trying to go three wide coming out of the Andretti hairpin. And uh, nine times out of ten, that's going to end in disaster. It certainly did here. Sure, Adam, I think there was a third car involved there. And I think it might have been another Hyundai. I think it was the 33, John, that actually sustained some left front damage. I am watching the pit lane to see if he does dive in, but that car is second in the championship battle coming in. Our leaders are the 98, so the blue Hyundai. They have 230 points. Second in the championship is the red one. They have 222 points. And third place is the black Hyundai, which is now on the pit lane with me, 219 points for them. So that's first, second, and third, all involved in that crash off the start. Who's fourth in the championship right now? Well, that would be Gavin Ernstone and John Morley, who did not oh. qualify the car. And they now are sitting in a very good position to inherit a lot of points today if they can make it to the end. Because the blue Hyundai will go no further. The black one has rear suspension damage and will need a lot more work. Yeah, and second at the moment, scored second at the moment, Gavin Ernstone. I may not have qualified, but my goodness me, he started well and he expertly picked his way through the carnage that was going on ahead of him and sits in behind Ryan Norman in the number 33 uh, Hyundai Velosta, which does indeed have right front bodywork damage, but I think they've been quite lucky because one of their team cars spun right across the front of them. But I think that's all it is at the moment. Of course, they're in behind the Hyundai safety car and they're not up to speed. In fact, the 98 car hasn't got much further than the exit of turn number uh, turn number two. It's, it's on the short straight, I think, between turns two and three. I, I know the guys won't want to give it up, Jeremy, but I just can't see the 21 going any further. This is the third place car in the championship. It's in the pit lane. They've got to take that behind the wall. That's a lot of damage. Too much to fix on the pit lane. 
Yeah, yeah, no question about that. That's going to be a. Uh, I mean, they might be able to get it out again. They might be able to get a few points. Of course, the good news is uh, that there are only eight TCR cars here. So the worst they can do is finish in eighth position, which is 23 points. So they're only going to lose a dozen. So they're jolly lucky that uh, a lot of the other the other contenders, the regular contenders in the class, didn't make the move out to the west oh. coast because if that incident had happened, it was. Uh, Tom Collingwood there, who's kind of on the outside, and got squeezed, I think, by the two Hondas that were side by side. Uh, if um, if this had happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, it would have been a lot more costly. There, there, there were what, 14 or 15 cars at, uh, at Michelin Raceway last time out. So, you know, this is uh, seven or eight points that wouldn't have otherwise been lost. It's a very, very long way, Shay, for them to push that Hyundai to the cutout to get behind the wall. 11 pit boxes for the crew to try and force a car with the wheel pointing in the wrong direction back down the pit lane and then they can roll it behind the wall then they have to take it back to their tent it's going to be a very difficult day for that crew and actually the IMSA pit lane officials and Craig they're lending a hand that just shows you the amount of effort required to try and move this car back behind the wall it's like trying to push a car that's got a parking brake uh, on the e-brake on actually because that wheel is at such uh, an angle uh, well it was certainly Ryan Norman he got into the side of the Collingwood Porsche 718 the BGP Motorsports uh, no, GS car no I don't think so John no, I think it was the two front row cars uh, that got together there uh, I think uh, the, the Ryan Norman was kind of next in line I think I might be wrong uh, but I think it was it was the two front row guys starters there which were it was a red car that got into the side of the 38 to start the whole thing i'm pretty certain i think the 33 had a really yeah. good start yeah. uh, and was in fact already in front of the 98 car he's going he goes around the outside of turn uh, of turn one and two and then tries to go in between the collingwood car and the black 21 on the inside and i'm pretty certain that was the uh, that was the 33 car that is uh, that is still leading the race. The Ryan Norman car. And that's how he got the damage on the right front. I would expect there'll be a bit of a rub on the left rear of the 38, Jeremy. Yeah, OK. Well, fair enough. So what happened to the other front row starter then? Because uh, that, was, that was a very old incident all the way around. Uh, well, Ryan Block uh, in the Alpha was in behind them and he had to check up and he's dropped right to the back uh, now. Gottsacker is in the pits and the 98 car had a, uh, hasn't got any further, having had the biggest of the shunts. Uh, ironically, of course, sort of minding their own business there. On the inside, the 21 car uh, has got the worst damage. They've had to put a jack under the back of it now to get it uh, off the pit lane. The two cars that weren't directly involved, the uh, to the 21 and the 98, are the two worst damaged cars. This is the the uh, harshness of motor racing, and the 33 that must have got. Where where did the 33 start, Jeremy? Third. Right. Okay. So the 33 must have got a cracking start because going into turn one, it was already ahead of the 98 car, uh, and was trying to go around. The outside of both the 33, uh, both the uh, 21, the black Hyundai, and and the Porsche came in ahead of it. So, mm, must have got a great start coming off the final corner. But as we mentioned, as they were coming to green, uh, no gap between TCR and the back of the 
the GS fields and the front wheel drive cars much easier Jeremy to warm up your front tyres on those cars by just getting some heat into them spinning them up a little bit putting some energy into them by weaving left and right and turning them very hard and instigating some push some understeer through than it is to get the tyres up to heat on the rear wheel drive GS cars true yeah um 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 but you know it, it's it's really a factor of the uh, i think primarily of the tcr cars in amongst the gs cars and you know three wide on the exit of that corner it does tend to narrow up there the uh, there's there's a fairly wide curb then there's a dirt uh, and if you get on the dirt you're probably going to go sideways uh, and then after that you know it's uh, anybody's guess what's going to happen and it's kind of a you know there's sort of a ping pong effect in there correct yeah, the guys are on the outside just always going to come off worse today kind of minding as you say sort of minding their own business but uh, you know you, you just got to be a little bit more careful basically at the start and what it boils down to so we are under the safety car for a first lap incident at the exit of turn two that actually involved four cars two have kind of got away with it two certainly have not and the Alpha also got a bit of a ding as well, a bit of side-by-side -side contact with someone else coming through, which I think was the uh, number 77 Honda uh, that came through. And again, no fault. I'm not uh, attaching any fault there. That was just the melee that went on behind that initial contact between the bright red number 33, Brian Hurd Autosport Honda Veloster, and the Ryan Norman car and the BGB. Uh, the BGB a Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman. As we will go back to green, this time around, we'll get an update from Shea Adam once we get back to green flag on the extent of the damage on those Velosters. Here we go, another great jump from Tyler McQuarrie, Carbon with Peregrine Racing, the Audi sprints off into the lead already had six and a half nearly seven tenths at the line and round the outside james pesic has a look into turn number two tries to get the mustang to turn in around the aston martin but that was very optimistic indeed but he's still looking very good huge amount of dust being thrown up from drivers that have been off the track it's still russell ward in fourth position in the dark colored mercedes the number four with the very dark red hindquarters on that car. Then Morsing, Brynjolfsson, Clear, Galanti, Ward and Gina Monk in 10th position in the McLaren. A little more restrained on the restart, Jeremy. Yeah, once again, we saw that the GS cars were allowed to move ahead of the TCRs there for the restart. I'm really not quite sure why they bothered. Uh, they might have well, they should have really have stayed at the back, I think. Uh, and just uh, give the give the TCR cars a, a, an easy run there, but uh, whatever. Uh, but look, the, out in front, the Tyler Macquarie once again a great restart. What a drive this by James Pezek, absolutely superb up at the front here. He's a career best qualifying effort. His previous best was ninth on the grid, and that was last time out actually at Michelin Raceway. So uh, to qualify fourth, running third now in that bright pink Mustang, excellent effort by him. And you know, in qualifying, we saw. The front two, they were way ahead of everybody else in qualifying, as they have been often this season. This is a ninth race, five times to those two have started on the front row. But the next four cars were covered by less than a tenth of a second. Got some penalties for you. Car number 77, pass under yellow. 
That will be a drive through for the LA Honda World, Honda Civic. Uh, also with a penalty for a jump start. That's the number 95 car that is going to be pinged for that. That's Vin Barletta for Turner Motorsport. And I did see a third one uh, as well. Uh, and that was the 23 car that had a pass under yellow. So uh, that is another drive through penalty there. And that's for Max Faulkner in the Audi. Promise you an update from the Velosters involved in that first lap incident. Uh, we've got uh, Shea Adam with this VP Racing Fuel hit report uh, on the extent of the damage, yeah? It's a broken toe link for the black Hyundai. That's the 21 car. The 98, which is the blue one, had to stop broken cooler. And the 33, which is the red one, still circulating and currently leading the class. They believe the damage is cosmetic only, but they are being very aware and have told Ryan Norman on the radio, stay on top of it. Let us know if you feel anything out of the ordinary. Shea Adam with that VP Racing Fuel pit report. It's Jeremy Shaw with me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. 15 minutes gone, and we are on our third racing lap. Well, we are now, as the Tyler McQuarrie crosses the line in a 132-144, a new overall best, as you might imagine. Sun just beginning to sink down. Drivers right as they come across the start-finish line. Already uh, at this time of the year, of course, very different conditions from when we're normally here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega, but fabulous that the race is on and well done to the track and particularly to the volunteers to make this happen. Also to our teams, sponsors and the IMSA officials and safety crew, medicals, the, the uh, track support, everybody who's put this together. Gavin Ernstone's just shuffled back one position to third now in TCO as the uh, number 29 has gone through. That's another one of the Hyundais but this time it's the green and white car. That running under the Bryant Herter Autosport with Kerb Agajanian banner as well this weekend. So new second place Jeremy in TCR. Yeah, um, and uh, Gavin Ernstson there, he, you know, he's been struggling with some back spasms, so he's doing well to, to hang on there as best he can. He'll be happy to do that. He will hand over this car to uh, Jonathan Morley, who uh, makes his home now in San Francisco area. So you know, it's very much a home race for, for these guys and you're know, looking to run strongly, which is exactly what they're doing at the moment. And you know, they, they've got uh, two GS cars right ahead, and that's Frank Depew. And looking to the inside of Frank Depew is uh, Tim Probert, in number 65, Marilla Racing Mercedes as well. Nice pass, actually, Tim. Well done. Uh, and now Frank Depew is going to be overtaken, I think, by the two leaders in TCR, but of course not on the straightaway. They'll have to wait till they get to the Mario Andretti hairpin. But meanwhile, out in front, uh, Tyler McQuarrie is just checking out uh, 132.5 last time round. You talked about the fast lap 132.14, the previous lap. That's only a Nats whisker away from the lap record that was set last year by Carl Marcelli in a Ford Mustang. So we've had the two of the three penalties served. In fact, Max Faulkner in the Fast MD Audi has stayed out. We've had in 
the LA Honda World Honda Civic number 77 and uh, we've also had in I think the number 95 yes we have Finn Barletta has been in to serve their penalty all oh, debris on the circuit just coming out of turn number six and the leading TCR the number 23 had to go around a uh, 33 excuse me Ryan Norman had to go around that Gavin Ernstone's just closed in a little bit to the back of the two Hyundai's Gavin will be loving this really smart driving from Gavin by the way in that melee at the start of the race remember he started dead last in the field and found himself in second place as the two Hyundai's ahead weaving left and right behind the urban grid sponsored Camaro that's the white green and black car from Rebel Rock Racing. Sorry, I just paused there just to see how much Frank Depew can pull away. And the answer is about 10 cars lengths. Yeah, great driving by Gavin Ernstone, but not so good by the leader. Ryan Norman's gone wide at the exit of turn two. And in the run to turn three, we have Hyundai side by side. Now, come on, play nicely, lads. We've already had two teammates together in the Velocities. And that's helped Ernstone in behind Ernstone, a car he's not racing. That's the BGB Motorsports Porsche Cayman that's been passed again by the front-running TCR cars, just underlining how quick these TCR cars are through the twisty stuff. And we've still, Shea, not had the 23 Fast MD Racing Audi in there. And I'm, I'm going to check back on my notes, but I'm pretty certain that that car did get a drive-through penalty. Uh, yep, yep, pass under yellow. And, and I and I reckon that's now three laps. So he's got to come in at the end of this one or, or face another penalty. He has passed the pit entrance three times now. So I believe that it will be another penalty at this point, regardless of if he comes in or not. He's already missed his opportunity. All right, okay. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, lovely to hear from you wherever you are in the world and this time the 23 uh, does come into the pit lane Max Faulkner in the Audi to serve the penalty maybe there was a bit of argument going on and we've gone full course yellow for the debris now did that Audi get in before the full course yellow came out answer yes he did yes by a by about eight seconds though, that's all. And it's the debris that is, oh, there's more debris on the track because uh, that's at the exit of turn. I think that's at the exit of turn 10. And that's, fell, that's fallen lovely, Jeremy, uh, for the fast MD car and Max Faulkner because he's effectively now lost no ground at all. He's lost a few positions, but he's right back on the TCR the back of the TCR train. Yeah, and he, I think he's only going to fall by behind one car, actually. Uh, yeah, he just fall behind uh, Ryan Block oh, and probably Taylor Hagler as well, because uh, she also had a penalty um, at the restart. So uh, it'll cost him a couple of positions, so really no big deal at all. And he'll be able to uh, hang on to the train of that car as he was doing uh, beforehand. So that's certainly a stroke of luck there for the uh, 
number 23 car. I'm sure they were kind of arguing with the officials that he didn't deserve the penalty, and they're going to do that as long as they can. And once they've uh, realised that there's no, that, you know, that uh, the answer is no, then they get that car in to the pits as quickly as they can. And luckily, as you say, John, they were able to do that before the full course caution. That could have been costly otherwise. Debris turn one and ten. No pass around. Bit of a stop-start race again here for the Michelin Pilot Challenge and the WeatherTech race we're going to take a 1.20. This should be fairly quickly sorted out. No pass around. Uh, I'm not sure anybody no. was eligible for on Jeremy, to be honest. No, well, James Pezek lost a couple of positions, uh, I think, on that... Uh, a lap or maybe it was a previous lap he lost positions both to uh, Jeff Mosing and to Alan Brindley Olsen who's up into fifth position then James Pezik down to sixth just ahead of the two Bimmer World BMWs James Clay and Nick Galanti uh, and then Bryce Ward Sheena Monk uh, and Hayley Deegan all hanging on there uh, uh, with that train of cars before we went full course yellow in, the, out in front Tyler McCory he was well, he was set to disappear, but uh, then settled back into a more sensible rhythm. He didn't want to put too much gap between himself and the pursuers. Didn't want to take too much out of his tyres, of course. Uh, that, that, that little Audi, it's a nimble little car. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be very, very hard to beat, I think, today. The Aston Martin certainly can stay with it. Uh, well, the Aston Martins can stay with it because Trent Hinman is going to take over from Alan Brynjolfsson's second part of this race. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle between the... Audi and the Astons in the latter stages of this race. That's Jeremy Shaw. He's alongside me, John Hino from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Once again, the Hyundai safety car is out uh, on the circuit. Any takers as the pits are open for GS? Uh, oh. We do have some takers. Shea Adams, stand by. Alan Brynjolfsson on his way down to you. Uh, no, driver time has not been met yet. Not even close. We are 23 minutes into this race by the time these cars have triggered the pit in signals. So, yes, the Volt yellow, bright yellow Archangel Motorsports S Martin into the pit lane. Alan Brynjolfsson looks like fuel and four tires going on that car. So giving him a little bit of help. Also in the pit lane, we had both of the Bimmer World BMWs, James Clay in the 82, and hometown hero Nick Volante in the 80. They both are also taking fuel and tires. We've got the 35, that's Jim Cox, and the Riley Motorsport Mercedes in fuel and tires for that car as well. And the first car to get rolling once again is Tim Probert in the 65 Marilla Racing. That is the orange with the white hood Mercedes for that crew. That was fuel only for that organization. I believe Frank DePew also came in and did fuel only in the Rebel Rock Racing Camaro. Vin Barletta is in getting fuel and tires in the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. And Samir Gandhi for the 93 Carbon. They brought this car in separate from the one that's leading the race because they want to give both cars as much space as possible for their pit stops. So fuel and tires for Samir, who's making his series debut this weekend for 2020. He typically races at Laguna because this is a home Shea Adam with that Vapre Racing Fuel Pit Report. Now, what happened to the 93? They were stationary. Oh, oh no. they moved. They've moved with the hose on. That's going to be a penalty right there. Uh, and that will cost the carbon machine. Now, that isn't the car leading the race. This is the uh, team car sitting down the field. 
and that will be uh, at the very least for Carbon and Samir Gandhi uh, a drive through situation the reason we saw some of those GS cars come into the pits was in order to shorten up their next stop, which would be after the minimum drive time has elapsed. So those cars, when they come in next time and are, and are kind of able to make a stop to, to, hand, to, to do the driver change, they'll leave a lot less fuel, they've got their tyres changed, uh, and it'll be a much faster stop than the other guys that come in from the front of the field that did not stop, which is the, fr the front eight uh, cars, top five didn't stop, uh, so they were all, and, and several others behind them as well didn't stop. They will need a much longer pit stop when they come in uh, once the 40 minutes have elapsed in this race. Shit. We've got the 33 of Ryan Norman into the pit lane. Now, this is a rare stop. Four tires going on to a TCR machine. Typically, when we see TCR pit stops, it's front tires only, but they have elected to change all four. Now, we did have a two-tire stop. That was for the 23 Fast MD Audi. That is Max Faulkner, who started the car. But the first car back off the pit lane is the Alpha. That's the number five of Roy Block. Fuel only for that car. And Ryan Norman still on the pit lane getting his tires changed as Taylor Hagler is actually the second car back out. So the Honda, with a great stop, has jumped back up the charts quite a bit. But not coming into the pit lane, importantly, Spencer Brockman in the 29, that's the white Hyundai, and Gavin Ernstone in the 61, looking to meet the minimum drive time, which will elapse in about 13 and a half minutes. So Gavin's staying out. And again, uh, same reason for these TCRs coming into the pits. They don't need to come into the pit stops right now, but uh, in order, if they do so, the next stop will be shorter, and that's a critical stop. Yeah, and... All the TCRs really had it fallen nicely for them, Jeremy. They could probably have done this on the TCRs. Could they have done this on just one stop? Could they go? And, can they go an hour here? Is a quick track? Yeah, they probably can. And you know, that, that's uh, you know, that's because uh, you know, the interesting thing here is um, that yes, they probably can do it on one stop. Um, and with, with so few cars in this racing TCR, there's only, well, there's only six of them left now. Uh, you know, it, 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 the strategic stop like that really isn't, I don't think, as effective as it would have been otherwise. It's certainly not as it is in GS. So the Hyundai safety car pulls into the pit lane and we are off and racing again. The green flag uh, waved with some vigour by Dennis Paul over the starter stand and Tyler McQuarrie heads through the kink at Turn 1 and once again it's the pink Mustang of James Pesic who tries to go around the outside this time he's trying to go past the Marillo Racing AMG GT4 and once again it doesn't work for him has a look down the inside at Turn 3 but that's not going to work either on that copper chrome copper machine oh and a problem for the that's the 38 Porsche. Well, they've had a very, very eventful race already, haven't they? That's a couple of times on the start, on the restart, that that BGB Porsche Cayman has been off to the side of the road, very wide at the exit of turn two, and uh, got a little gentleman's excuse me from Frank Depew in the number 71 Urban Grid Rebel Rock Camaro. Now, in fairness, the Porsche had gone very, very wide and was yeah. off the track and trying to get back on there, Jeremy. 
Yeah, and not only that, he didn't get up to speed really. Once he got no. got himself sorted out down there, out in the dirt stuff, he didn't really get on the throttle as much as frankly, I'm sure expected in any case. So, uh, kind of a double double question mark there for uh, Tom Collingford. Frank Depew side by side for a moment with uh, one of the BMWs. And that wasn't Vim Barletta, it was the other BMW. So that must have been James Clear in the Bimmer World car. Yes, it was. So James Clear's had a very good restart indeed. As he is trying to pick his way through with the TCR cars right there as well. Alpha up to third position for Ryan Block. So Brockman, Ernstone, Block, Hagler, Faulkner. Your top five in TCR. This could be a good point steer, Jeremy Shaw, for Road Shagger Racing and Gavin Ernstone. Exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, great opportunity for this team, certainly. And it's going to come down to the strategy. Uh, they will most likely come in as soon as the 40 minutes have elapsed and and make that stop so that uh, so that uh, John Morley can take over and run to the end. And uh, the question mark is you know, how long... The, the bad news for them is, though, if they come at the 40-minute mark, they're probably not going to be able to get to the end of the race without one more pit stop. Correct. So either Gavin stays out longer uh, before making a pit stop and, and hope that uh, they can, he can get far enough and not be hurting too much so that uh, John Morley can get in with that one stop and get to the end. I really think that's what it's going to require at this stage rather than coming in at the, uh, at the earliest opportunity. I haven't yet seen the penalty called, but it has already been served by the 93. That's the Audi that left with the fuel nozzle attached for leaving the pit box with equipment attached. So that has been taken care of. But we do have three significant bad penalties. The Alpha, oh. the Honda, and the Audi, the 23, all of them who pitted together during that yellow flag, they all have stopped plus 60s because they all ran the light at pit oh. exit. That is, oh, and a big manoeuvre at the final corner. Ernston's involved, and so is Frank Depew, and Depew goes sideways. He already had a little bit of damage from some side-by-side -side contact earlier on, and the Rebel Rock Camaro is off at the side of the road, and this will be another full-course caution. And that's terrible news as well for Gavin Ernston, who was in second position in TCR. In fact, still is, but has lost most of his right front fender and wheel arch extension, there's debris all over the track again after turn two, after that coming together from the BGP Cayman. So Depew trying to go around the outside. I think he just lost it on his own, to be honest. The Michelin's broke away. I don't think there was a touch from Ernstone. Ernstone looking to the inside, racing room given. I don't think there was a touch on the rear three quarter. And then Depew just uh, looped it on the dirty stuff and unfortunately looped it right into the path of the 61 car, Jeremy. I, I really don't think there was a touch before the incident there. I think that was just a bit of sliding from Depew at the final corner. Mm, possibly. Uh, it was certainly an unnecessary incident uh, from both of their points of view, to be perfectly honest. There's no, there's no reason for Frank Depew to be racing that hard. Uh, particularly against the guy that's running at the lead of his class. I thought that was rather unnecessary from him. Uh, and I think probably Gavin could have been a bit more patient as well. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, say it as a bit of a shared blame, if you like, on that incident. But this has been a really scrappy race, and uh, i just got to hope that we're going to get uh, some proper sensible racing in fairly soon, because this is rather embarrassing, quite frankly. Just a question here. 
uh, is I, I mean they came in before the yellow was called to serve their um, their penalty shit. But I, I mean, are they allowed? Are they allowed to do that? Serve the penalty whilst the yellow is out, or is the fact that they're in the pit lane mean all's fair? They were in the pit lane before the yellow came out, so they are allowed to serve their penalty while the yellow is out. That's the way that the rule is written. Unfortunately, the 23, which remember was the car that had the drive-through penalty and waited until the last possible opportune moment to serve it before, they didn't come in at their first possible moment. And had they done that, they too would have served their penalty under yellow. Now they need to wait until the lap after we've gone back green to be able to come in and serve their stop in 60. Okay. Uh, And... Uh, I think that Frank Frank Depew was going to try and get back, but I think there's some overheating issues for that car. Maybe some other issues. He's pulled to one side. He's now dropped off the lead lap, but he's trying to get the Camaro restarted. Jeremy, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I just I, I, I'd forgotten the course of the 23 card. Another penalty, didn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it's been it's going from bad to to, to worse for well for a whole bunch of people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think there was contact in there, but yep. uh, whatever, whatever, they were both racing harder than they needed to, given where they were. You know, the, you've got to pick your fights. Here. You, you're fond of, of that saying, John. You're it's absolutely true. right. Uh, you know, there's no point in battling that hard with somebody that's in a completely different class. Very frustrating for Gavin Ernstone, of course, because the two leaders in TCR, they'd got past Frank Pugh and had pulled away. So Gavin Ernstone didn't want to lose too much ground to them. I understand that, certainly. Uh, and very frustrating to have a, you know, a car that is so much quicker on the straights just not up to speed through the corners. Yeah, well, well and, in, uh, it's going to be very costly. In fact, Gavin has held on to second place there because, remember, he got past uh, uh, in the pit stop. So he uh, had ha- held on to second position. And, uh, sorry, because he didn't pit, excuse me. Uh, he was back up to second uh, behind the Brockman, the 29 car. And he still is in second despite that damage. Although, with the pits now open for TCR, will he come in this time? No, he's gone around. Bit of fresh air over the front right Michelin. He's not going to overheat that front right Michelin, is he? No, that's true. Look on the bright side. Yeah, good for you. Uh, And I'm I'm hearing the pass around has been completed. Uh, And this is counting as a short yellow. That's nothing to do with how long it actually takes. This is all about the protocol in between and therefore I believe the pits will not open is what I'm here yeah they would open last time so this is another short yellow so yes the pits will not be open uh, this time around so scrappy do uh, on this one on our super Saturday Sunday, we've got uh, qualifying for Michelin, for, excuse me, IMSA WeatherTech, 8.30 Pacific time. But don't forget, clocks fall back one hour tonight in the US. So you get an extra hour in bed, those of you at the racetrack and in the US. For those of you outside the US who changed your clocks last weekend, just remember to do the different time change. So, for example, at the moment... In the UK, uh, it is only seven hours difference between Pacific time and uh, GMT. Eight hours if you're in Central Europe, of course. Well, that will change by an hour. 
and therefore it will be eight and nine by the time cars are on the track tomorrow morning. So make sure you've got that right. If you're not sure, go to radio-show.co.uk uh, and check our schedule for RS2 IMSA Radio. It will transfer automatically to your browser time. So you know what time that you need to be tuned in tomorrow. Well, we've seen rather more of the very pretty blue Hyundai Veloster N safety car than we would have liked. Three interventions from that car uh, and our longest green flag all of eight and a half minutes. Yeah, we've got twice as much yellow flag laps as, uh, as green flag laps in this race so far, John. Now, the key thing here, I'm looking at the clock, one hour, 22 and 10 seconds to go, uh, but the pits haven't opened and won't open under yellow. But I think, depending on when that Hyundai Veloster N pulls in, we're going to be pretty close, Jeremy, to drive time being complete. And I would not be surprised to see a few people drop in uh, as soon as we go, as soon as the pits reopen, which would have to be after, uh, as we've gone through rather, and the next lap around. You can't follow the safety lap, the safety car in. Not really, because uh, if you come in now, you're going to have to make another stop before the uh, end of the fair race. Fair point. Yeah. So yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to stay out now, out there, out there now. Uh, you know, the, the 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 GS cars have already made their pit stop. With all this yellow, they will might be able to make it to make this race a one stop as well at a stretch. So uh, you know, if the, one you know, more they, stop, the, those those cars. Well, yes, but even the cars that, that haven't haven't pitted at a real stretch. Um, certainly, but the cars that have pitted, yeah, they, they, they should be able, I think, um, if, there's, if there's any more caution before the end of the race, they probably will be able yeah. to get to the end from here. So they're going to extend this second stint, I would suggest, uh, and then come in with yeah, about 50 minutes to go, 45, 50 minutes to go, and then they can run to the end from there. Because they can certainly run for another half an hour, the cars that have stopped. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's very true. Now, this is going to be a rather more complex recovery for the Rebel Rock Racing Urban Grid Camaro with Frank LePew having had that contact with the 71, trying to get the car back around, but clearly something has prevented him from doing so. There was an awful lot of smoke coming out the front. I, I do wonder whether maybe... He has done a, a radiator, either an oil or a coolant radiator. And also there was all kinds of bodywork fouling on the front wheels. And I, I think probably Frank deciding discretion being the better part of Valor as soon as he dropped off the lead lap. Gavin Ernstone in the 61 car, still sitting in second position. And although he's got right front damage to that car, it looks like all the wheels are pointing pretty much in the right direction. The other car that had an incident earlier on was the number 33, the bright red Brian Hurt at Autosport. That's the Ryan Norman car. That's now in fourth position and, of course, just sitting uh, behind its competitors. Right in front is Max Faulkner in the fast MD Audi, which has had a drive-through. 
So there's hardly anybody in that TCR field who hasn't had some issue. And now, have we got an issue for the Pesek car? We have. The Pesek car has lost fire from the Ford V8. And... He's trying to refire the engine, is he? Yes. He's trying to bump start to Jeremy. The lights have gone out now. That was behind the safety car. There was a cough, a splutter. And behind the number 60... Russell Ward clearly on the radio saying, can I pass him? Can I pass him? He's grinding to a halt. The team will have immediately been speaking to IMSA. And now the 40 car has drawn a blank in terms of forward momentum and ground to a halt at turn five. Well, unbelievable. What is going on? It's, cra it's a crazy day. I tell you, it's a full moon tonight, isn't it? Halloween. <laughs> yes. Hang and, on. Uh, you know, we've seen some crazy stuff earlier Is it a full moon? Today. And it's all Hallow's Eve and we've got a full yeah. moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let oh, me get yeah, the guitar. Yeah, Don't go out tonight. Uh, go out tonight. Uh, I can, but, I've uh, got I the mean, chords uh, for that. We'll have a bit of uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, shall we? I'll get the guitar plugged in. Can I talk about this Lamborghini Super Trofeo race? Uh, can I talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the pole sitter, early race leader uh, for two laps before he came into the pits because they'd forgotten to, to put any fuel in the car before the race. All he had was what was left over in qualifying. So that doesn't oh. happen terribly often either. Mm. Um, yes. Oh, dear. So a, a full blue and hunter's moon tonight, I'm being told, by those that know all things Luna. Who's out there? Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. I'm very tempted. I am very tempted to get the Schechter out and just give a bit of a twang. Um, Let's get <laughs> it's Brian back. Almost. Oh, no, I don't, I don't need Brian to play the chords for full uh, <laughs> Bad Moon Rising. Don't worry. I think I can manage. It's, it's almost within. I just can't quite do it without taking the headset off, unfortunately. Uh, the good news is that there is a cutout just at turn number five. The better news is that means that you don't have to suffer me uh, playing Bad Moon Rising. Uh, and James Pesic car, I mean, just heartbreaking for PF, uh, is now out of the way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Pezek family team, PF Racing. Yeah. Uh, you, you just, I mean, hats off to James. I mean, he was, you know, he, he's made huge strides in his driving this year. He's had uh, you know, several different co-drivers in that car. He's now sort of kind of settled on Chad McCombie, uh, who's uh, a really, you know, done an excellent job. They've had some really strong results. They've had some, some good qualifying runs, just getting better and better and better. And you're know, starting today on the second row of the grid, running in a top five before this car suddenly just ground to a halt there. I guess it must have just stalled under the caution and for some, you know, unfortunately, just not able to fire it up no, again. But that's exactly what it looked really, like, really Jeremy. Yeah. It, it, what it looked like to me was that he wasn't getting any fuel. So either no, yeah. no fuel pressure or no fuel because it just literally ground to a halt. And you could almost see him trying to bump start it on the momentum but there was either no electric well the lights were still on at that point so he still had some electrical power so I, I wonder if he had no fuel or no fuel pressure very odd very odd ah dear well, what we've had I think we have, we've had one two three four kind of Maybe five laps of green flag racing. 
Out of 22 now completed as they come across the line this time. Really, really a shame. I mean, you know, we've seen, we all we used to see drama in these Michelin Pilot Challenge races, but it's normally kind of good drama. It's not bad drama. The, the last uh, the last race was a bit messy as well. Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, unfortunately, but this one uh, takes it to a, a, a stage further. But you know, hopefully, we get all these bad 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 vibes out of the way, and the final kind of hour and a quarter of this race, and see if we can get going fairly soon, will be let's say normal for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We have hit minimum drive time for those for whom that matters. I'm also a little bit concerned about the debris on the right-hand side of Gavin Ernstone's Audi because the remnants of the wing, I think he's now caught up on the door mirror and that's about all that's holding it on at the moment. And I do wonder if he might get a mechanical black flag for that because yeah. race control will not want that coming off and causing another yellow. Yeah, of course, the bad news is the pits are closed right now, so he can't come in and take on service, can he? Because uh, this is a short, uh, a designated short yellow, so the pits are not open. Good you point. cannot bring that car in. Uh, just to, uh, you know, super frustrating, because I'm sure that's what they like to do, but uh, they can't. Mm, good point. If, and, yeah, he's sort yeah. of, and it's on the wrong side for him to even sort of lean out of the window and give it a bit of a tug. And it's not as if he's got a teammate out there who can get up alongside him and do that either. <laughs> mm. Unfortunate. Uh, we're going back to green flag. The BGP came and has followed the safety car in. Now, I, I don't think the pits are open at this point. They're open um, now. As soon as it goes green, they're open. Well, the BGP car was in, I think, before the green flag came out. Uh, we've got a, f a penalty for the Alpha, uh, which was... Another one. Pa yeah, Ryan Block, pass under yellow. Another pass under yellow for the K MW Motorsports. Oh, dear me. The 38 and, car, uh, by the way, that's already a lap off the pace, so... Uh... Shea, has the, uh, has the fast MD car served its penalty? Nope, because it couldn't serve it under yellow and they didn't get in before the yellow came out. So we are still waiting for the fast MD car to come into the pit lane. This has to be a record for the most amount of time we've ever waited for a car to serve a penalty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shea Adam with that VP Racing Fuel Pit report. Well... Still something like 24, 25 laps to go at the current pace. And hopefully they'll pick that up a little bit. It is a time certain race, just over an hour and 12 minutes still on the clock at the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Laguna Seca, 1.20. Sound of the big V8 in the background is that of the Multimatics Mustang. Currently sitting in behind the battling BMW and AMG. That's uh, Bryce Ward, James Clare. And so that is the battle for fifth, sixth, and seventh position. Coming out of turn two now, heading towards turn three. And the Optima Battery Spimmer World M4 takes that position and moves forward. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. 
Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam, VP Racing, Fuels Pit and Paddock reporter. Deegan down the inside of Ward, turn five. Nice clean pass and the 22 goes up to sixth position. Here comes Bryce Ward having a little look into six. That's a more difficult pass. You've got to be really up alongside and Bryce thinks discretion's the better part of Valor. Nick Galante now makes it one, two, three wide for a moment as they're side by side into the right kink coming into the top of the hill and Galante goes, Galante goes right down the inside and makes up two positions there. Fantastic. On new tyres, of course, that BMW. So with the advantage of a little more grip from new Michelin rubber. And that might be making the difference. Also coming through Bryn Jolfsen for Archangel Motorsports in the Aston. See above comment because that car came into the pit as well. Down the inside at the final corner. And will go past the AMG GT4 with which it shares engine architecture. So drivers who took the new tyres, Jeremy, are, are getting the performance benefit from them pretty much immediately we've gone back to green. Yeah, they will. And uh, you, they, they, you, they need to kind of make hay while the sun shines quite literally out there. There's number 23 car finally serving its penalty. This is going to be very, very costly. They're going to lose a whole lap compared to uh, their competitors. They, were, they came into the pits in the second position in the class, but they're going to lose a... Um, be close to losing a lap. Uh, they might just about be able to stay on the lead lap when they get back out again, but it'll be, it'll be tight. They'll lose a lap to the overall leader. The question is whether they lose a lap to the the two Hundos are running out front. Now, Brent Spencer Brockman, that car number 29, you might remember, that car started at the back of the field in TCR because they took a strategic change of tyres after qualifying and before the race. So that's uh, why that car is running out front. Number 33 car, that's already made a pit stop. So the number 29 car has not these two Hyundais out in front. Extraordinary that uh, fast MD pit stop was assessed and called 21 minutes before they came into the pits, but not all of that was of their own making, of course. So the two Hyundais have now cycled back to the front of the TCR field. Brockman from Norman, then Gavin Earnstone's a couple of seconds further back. Then the Honda... That's the 77 machine. Uh, as Gavin Earnstone pits. So Earnstone has pitted. Can they get to the end from here? There'll be about an hour and seven minutes. And Earnstone's in the pits. And followed in by Block and Faulkner. No, excuse me. Faulkner's coming out of the pits last time around. Well, Gavin's definitely done his 40 minutes, Jeremy, but 78 minutes, well, it'll be about 77, 76 minutes. That's a long way to go for that uh, that 61 car. Yeah, it is. And um, uh, yeah, maybe Gavin's uh, struggling behind the wheel there. Um, I would have thought it would be worth uh, staying out at this stage if they possibly could to make sure that Gavin, that uh, John Morley can run as fast as he can in the final sec section of this race. But uh, I think they'll. I think they're going to need a full another full course caution to to get to the end from here, unless they can really stretch the fuel out. It's now and seven minutes remaining. Yeah, maybe he can do that. Well, when was the last time they were in the pit? They, they didn't put a lot of fuel in that 61, Jeremy. I'll tell you that because they they were well, in. Well, no, they wouldn't. 
Yeah. I know that. That was did. their first stop. That was their first stop, yeah, wasn't indeed. it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, but they haven't used that much fuel is the is the key thing, I suppose. 26 laps Gavin's done, but hardly any of them uh, under green flag conditions uh, with what? Uh, five, seven. Do you reckon nine? Nine green flag laps for Gavin? Yeah, not very many. In yeah. 26? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, eight or so, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Sheer Adam has did, did get his money's worth, I don't think. Yeah, indeed. Side by side for the TCR lead, down at the first corner. And there's a change for the lead. As through goes the bright red number 33. That's a new leader. Ryan Norman then into the lead. By the way, Ryan Block was coming in in the Alpha. Remember, he had the drive through for overtaking under a yellow flag. Uh, James Pesek, car just ground to a halt. Sheer Adam has this VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock report. And unfortunately, it is a fuel-related issue. It's a fuel pump issue, the team is saying. I just checked in with them, and they said initial reports that they're getting a fuel pump issue. But, of course, they don't have the car back yet. Well, I have to say, it looked like that to me. That was only a guess. Um, but that did look like that was the problem. So very, very bad look for them. And that will take them out of the run for this race at the very least. Tyler McQuarrie, we haven't talked about the leading car for a while. The number 39 leads it by two seconds from Nate Stacey in the Aston Martin in second. Just picking their way through traffic at the moment is Adam Brynjolfsson in the second of the Aston Martins. In fact, he's just gone up the sixth. He's passed the Murillo Racing Mercedes AMG GT4 of Jeff Morsing as he was passing some of the TCR runners. Good run at the front of the field by Tyler McQuarrie, but that is what we've come to expect from Tyler and the Carbon team, Jeremy. They are past masters at getting the best results they possibly can, and their consistency this season, once again, has been outstanding. Yeah, it has. You know, apart from that uh, miscue last time out where they uh, just waited a little bit too long to make that pit stop, just a heartbreaker for that team. You know, it's fairly close on the Audi. doesn't get particularly good uh, fuel mileage and it has to come in you know it, it can't do much more than 45 minutes it can do more, 40, more than 45 minutes but they just waited a little bit too long to make that stop last time out but yeah you know in the last uh, that 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 number 39 car last 22 starts 11 times 50 percent on the podium only four times out of the last 22 starts and they failed to finish in the top four that is an amazing record and it, they were just super unlucky last uh, last time out uh, but uh, this weekend, imperious form there by Tyler McCoy. Of course, home race, he's from Danville, California, so only a couple of hours or so away from here. Jeff Westfall, his teammate, he's from San Mateo, which is even closer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, th this whole team, California-based, California drivers, looking for a California victory. And with still over an hour remaining, Tyler McQuarrie heads to turn number three, all the way from the left-hand side, of the road, picks up the throttle in the middle of the corner, under the walkover bridge, breathing out of the throttle, and then for turn four, super quick corner that. If you've got a nicely balanced car, you really do very little than coming off the throttle and the actual the turning of the wheel takes off enough pace for you to get around there. Maybe a little, little bit of brake, but not very much. Climbing the hill now up to turn six, 
And the gap is still two seconds. Across the curbs on the exit, just hear the slight rattle of the Michelin tyres as he heads to the top of the hill and the corkscrew up the Bobby Rear Hull straight. And best wishes again to Mr. Rear Hull. Hope the uh, recovery is going well. Had a bit of back surgery a few weeks ago now. All in the uh, recovery and the physio from here on in. Any uh, surgery like that. So we wish uh, Mr. Rahal all the best and hope to see him trackside again shortly. So good, good result at the moment, Jeremy, for Carbon. They need a win for the championship. Bad news is their championship rivals are only two seconds behind them. Actually, make that one and a half seconds now. So they're not gaining back a whole host of points. Meantime, looks like the exhaust is falling off the 61 car. <laughs> so they pulled off the uh, remnants of the right fender when Gavin came into the pit lane. John Morley now at the wheel. But I've got a feeling that the very last exhaust hanger has come unfastened. Uh, and now that is waving around like a windsock in a hurricane underneath the back of that car. I suppose it's better than the wheels falling off. Well, yes, true, Jeremy. I like it. Yeah. Glass half but, full. Uh, good gracious me. It's, uh, yeah. He's not last in TCR. He's still fifth in TCR. And I think he's still on the lead TCR lap as well. He is. So they managed to get in and out very quickly indeed. Let's replay that incident earlier on. It seemed to hit everything else except for the exhaust. <laughs> she <didn't>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely come off the, the back hanger underneath the uh, the rear valance. It's a, a bit of uh, a, it's a rubber hanger that's an interference fit, and it's I think just popped that one off rather than broken anything. Now the worry will be again is that putting strain. It, there is a, a silencer box on the back of the Audi TCR. Very much based on the road car, the RS3 four-door. And the engine, in fact, is uh, is pretty much stuck. Some of the ancillaries are, are changed over. I was talking to Chris Renke, the head of Audi Sport Customer Racing at the Nürburgring 24 a month or so ago. He was saying they've had customers with 50 and 60,000 racing kilometres on those engines. Uh, and I said, oh, and, and, you know, and, and when do you advise the rebuild? He said, no, no, don't rebuild them. We just give you another one. Oh, okay. It is basically a stock engine. Nice little battle going on with uh, Russell Ward, James Clare, and Alan Brynjolfsson for Winwood, Bimmerworld, and Archangel. Mercedes AMG, BMW M4, GT4, and Aston Martin. And that is for third, fourth, and fifth. Heading up the hill now through turn five and up to turn six, Jeremy, with spot on 60 minutes, one hour, half of this race still to go. Yeah, and uh, uh, Nick Galanti is uh, not far behind him as well. As we see Aaron Brynjolfsson looking to the inside up at the corkscrew. Is he going to make that move on the inside line? He's going to try, and he's going to go through, but is he nice. going to get slowed down? Just about. Great move by uh, Aaron Brynjolfsson. They can't have a seven. Wow. Shea Adam has some good news for us in this VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock report. They might be 29 laps behind the next in class, but the 21 <laughs> Brian Herta Autosport Hyundai lives once again. That's the black one. 
came in as the pole sitter to start this race, third in the championship, and they've got to hope for a lot of misfortune to try and make up any position besides seventh, but they are back out on the circuit and going around and round. Let's be fair, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility, is it, on All Hallows Eve? Um, <laughs> trick or treat for Brian Hurt at Autosport. Well, they are still leading and in second place, but two of their championship contenders out very, very early on and with a very long road back to any kind of meaningful points, although with such a small field, as Jeremy Shaw pointed out earlier on, their points loss will not be as bad as it could have been. As uh, Tyler Hagler comes into the pit lane in the LA Honda World number 77, Shea Adam, and that car will be with you any moment now. And this should be fuel and I would imagine front tires for Ryan Eversley. He does like when he gets some sticker tires thrown at the car as the service goes on and on for this little Honda. And yep, it will be fuel and tires. And a new driver? Yes, Ryan Eversley. Excellent. Thank you. Full service to give the car a little bit of a rock to make sure they get all the fuel in. Uh, and with an hour or 58 minutes still to go, they're going to need all of that, which does make me think that the 61 of John Morley will have to go for a splash unless there is further intervention from the Hyundai Veloster N safety car. Meantime, the battle for third position now with Alan Brynjolfsson absolutely flying. Remember, he did take at new Michelin tyres at the last safety car, so he's got a bit more life and therefore performance in his Michelin tyres than the car he's racing. But he's absolutely flying at the moment and has found real confidence, Jeremy, in this very early running for him and the team with the new Aston Martin Vantage uh, V8. Yeah, seriously impressive here for... Down the inside of turn three. Go on, yeah. sir. He's gone That's, through as well, Mike. He's just got the confidence <laughs> in this car. He just loves the car. It just it just suits his his sort of kind of style of driving. I mean, he's not hugely experienced. He's only been racing for three or four years, but uh, he just he just feels much more comfortable in his car than all the different cars he's driven in the past. And there's been a lot of those, including most recently the uh, Porsche, of course. But uh, you know, he's, he's he absolutely loves the, the handling, it, reveling in it. Qualified fifth, a career best last time out at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, equaled that performance here, and now he's absolutely flying uh, in, uh, in, in, you're in the top four again. Up in crew in the uh, northwest of the United Kingdom, home of Bentley, but Sarah Rigby and Martin Rigby watching and listening on on the international feed here from WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca will be cheering along Alan Brynjolfsson, like to follow the, their Aston Martins. The other Aston also making way at the moment, making its way through the field at the moment. Uh, that car sitting in uh, second position and Brynjolfsson's gone through. So it's Audi, Aston, Aston. The top three brought to you by the letter A uh, this evening <laughs> or this afternoon. As in comes the KMW uh, I was going to say Honda there. I'm very sorry. Uh, Alfa Romeo. And this time, Shea, it's not for a penalty. 
No, finally, it's fourth trip down the pit lane today, and this one is for a driver change. So Tim Lewis Jr. taking over from Roy Block, and also into the pit lane is the 29 Hyundai. That's the white one with the green. Spence Brockman started it. Parker Chase will take it to the finish, but the Alpha pit stop fuel and tires for them. So this is their second time that they've come down the pit lane to actually do service in form of fuel and at least two tires. Uh, driver change going on for the 29. Now they are doing front tires on the white Hyundai. So two tires there for that stop as well. The car which came in from second in class. And back out on the circuit, we do have Ryan Eversley once again as that pit stop was a little bit longer though, John, because the driver change actually held up the car. It was the last thing to be completed on their stop. Going to set share um a very important task i want to know why there is a very small yoda taped to the uh, right hand front air pillar bar of the roll cage on the number 39 tyler mcquarrie car bomb with peregrine racing audi meantime in comes the second place car shit Nate Stacy getting out, Kyle Marcelli getting in. These two drivers who have done a phenomenal job all year already with two race wins on the season coming from the mid-Ohio round of the championship. Driver change is done and four tires going on this car. So this is a full service waiting on every last drop of fuels. We have 54 minutes remaining of the race. They want to make sure they get a full load in because it will take all of that for the GS cars. This one cannot run out of fuel running to the flag because then they would lose a bunch of championship points. And they have a 20-point buffer right now, but the guys that they're trying to keep behind them are currently leading the race. And away goes Kyle Marcelli. Yeah, that was a pretty decent stop. And that car is already down and away in the afternoon. Sunshine shadows beginning to lengthen very quickly here. Uh, tomorrow afternoon... The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race getting uh, underway a little earlier in the afternoon. And for live coverage, whether you're in the US or further afield, IMSA Radio should be your first choice. We're on uh, Sirius XM as well uh, tomorrow for the WeatherTech race. If you are in the US and watching NBCSN, 6.30 tape delay for the WeatherTech race tomorrow. 6.30 uh, Eastern, that is, tomorrow. Shea, go ahead. Can I do a PSA because I feel kind of guilty at this point? Um, driver time is coming up. Teams, you have 12 minutes to get your second driver into the <laughs> car before you're going to miss driver time. Please. Please don't do that because there's a lot of names on the timing screen that have been in the car since the beginning. So please, 12 minutes and let's say 30 seconds. Let's just get that done now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. But as we talked about I mean, earlier on, the the, the, the Audi, you, it, it struggles to get much more than 45 minutes. You can yeah. do about maybe 48 or 9, and that's about it. So the Aston certainly has a... Uh, appears to have a broader window window in which to make that that what will be that that car's uh, final pit stop of the race at least i hope it will be uh they can run from there so you know i wouldn't expect to see the tyler mccrory car in for another two or three laps 
if they can stretch it that far. Of course, that car has not yet stopped at all. So, uh, you know, Tyler McCrory there, I'm sure, has been running conservative lap times just to make sure he ekes out that fuel as long as he possibly can. Two significant things just happened. We've now had more green than we've had yellow in this race. And into the pit lane, the leader in the TCR category. That's Ryan Norman, who brought in the bright red number 33, Hyundai Veloster. Yeah. And Gabby Chavez, who will be taking it back out after they have changed the front tires on this car. Remember, they changed four tires on this car earlier on, and away it goes. Looked like there was a bit of a delay between when the fuel nozzle came out and when the car actually got rolling down the pit lane again. I hope not, because they are involved in a very, very intense battle for the lead of TCR, also into the pit lane. Last year's race winner, number four, Russell Ward, coming in in his Mercedes, the black with the red accents from Mobile One on it. Nico Bastian co-driving with Russell again this weekend after uh, joining the team for the first time at the last round at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Fuel and four tires for the Mercedes as the driver change is nearing complete. They had to actually move the seat back before Russell could get out of the car. So that was a little bit of a slow driver change, but the tire change still going on. So it looks like windward racing might just get away with that one. Yeah, that was because they didn't want to take the steering wheel off shit. Uh, there's a, you make a choice on some of the GT4 cars. Do you take the steering wheel off to give yourself more room or do you slide the seat back? Uh, and uh, I maybe should have slid that seat back earlier on because I think they're losing time now. Is the, is the fuel horse out of that car now? Uh, yes, now that car has completed its service, just waiting for it to get moving once again is into the pit lane, comes the race leader and also in Haley Deegan and the number 22 Ford Mustang handing over to Seb Creo. That car was flying in Seb's hands in practice yesterday for both of the sessions. So that will be a serious contender should it be able to catch back up. In comes uh, Tyler McQuarrie, McDrifty, hopping out very calmly of that Audi. You would never know that he's just driven a race car at max capacity for the last hour and 10 minutes, pulls out a seat insert and makes way for Jeff Westfall, just accidentally triggering the windshield wiper off to the left side of the steering wheel as he jumps out of the car. Jeff putting his belts on, making sure that he gets them over the Hans device and into a nice, comfortable position. They are doing four tires for the Carbon Autosport with Peregrine Racing Team. They know how to win races and how to win the championship. They did both last year. And so they are taking it calm and just going about their daily motion. Jeff now realizing that the windshield wipers are on and instead of turning them off, flick them on even more intensely before <laughs> finally getting that triggered. But the crew just waiting on fuel at this point, car dropping off the air jacks and there goes Jeff Westfall. Where is the Aston Martin? Answer coming down to the final corner right now. This is going to be a drag race on the pit lane speed limit, uh, off the speed limit, and now for the 39 car, but you can't join the circuit straight away. Have to stay to the left-hand side. Just notice, by the way, they've picked up the Audi uh, tyre centre uh, sponsorship that was on the hard point last car for last uh, couple of races and the hard point Audi it's going to be almost side by side and remember the Aston is up to temperature and pressure as far as the Michelin tyres is concerned here's the battle for the effective lead as Brynjolfsson is going to pit and through goes the Aston Martin at turn entrance to turn four all about the additional performance of tyres that were already up to temperature and pressure Gallant pits as well so 
scored as the leader next time around will be Jeff Mosing, but he's pitted. So is it going to be Dylan Murray in the Riley Motorsports Mercedes, or will we cycle all the way around to these two who have been battling on? I suspect, Jeremy Shaw, that most everybody ahead of these two are going to pit again. And my goodness, the difference in performance with tyres that are have been on the car for just a few laps longer and therefore are up to working temperature. Extraordinary, extraordinary for the Aston Martin. Yeah, four laps, uh, the uh, Aston was able to pit before, or three laps, I guess it was actually, before the uh, Audi, and that's absolutely crucial because uh, you know, the Audi was trying to save fuel. I'm sure he could have gone faster, but he, but he couldn't because he didn't want to re use too much fuel. He had to get to that, uh, they got to about 50 minutes to go before they brought the number 39 car into the pits. That's his absolute max uh, fuel range. The Aston clearly could do another four or five minutes, and that, I think, is going to be the determining factor in this race. There's Trent Hinman trying to resume out of the pit lane. Uh, I'm yeah. surprised they didn't make the stop the number seven car a couple of laps ago, actually, although having said that, Alan Brindley-Olson was doing a brilliant well, job and, and in that second position, and he did actually lead a lap overall before he brought that car into the pits. Yeah, and, and he's... Uh, come out in what is effective second position of the cars that have stopped. Now, when did the 35 stop? James Cox did a couple of stints. Uh, that car came in after 23 laps. Yes, yeah, 16 laps ago, right correct. At the, rest at the restart. They'd met the minimum drive time, put Dylan Murray into that car from Jim Cox, but he will have to make another pit stop before the end of this race with number 35 car. Yeah, and has he just pitted? Yes, he has. He's just pitted now. Uh, that will then leave Tim Probert for Barillo Racing as the leader. Then Corey Lewis, Tim Probert and Corey Lewis have gone through. Great pass for the lead using the excess of grip that they had uh, from running it four laps earlier on. And... That was that has put the Aston into the effective lead then for Kyle Marcelli, uh, who is in fourth at the moment. So Murray pitted, Dylan Murray has pitted, Gregory Leefuger has pitted as well. So Probert, Lewis, Dyer, Marcelli, your top four. Now, when did... Uh, Dyer pit last time again. That was again on that restart, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. and well, it could that have been a, even a, better for Trent Hinman if he hadn't yeah. gone off coming out the pit lane. Yeah, yeah, that was a replay, wasn't it? Coming out of the pits, uh, Trent for Trent, and he's now just ahead of uh, Jeff Westfall out on the racetrack. But I, I say, I, I say, I think I'm surprised they didn't. The Archangel team didn't bring number seven car in a few laps longer, assuming they have the same fuel range as does the, the number 60 Aston Martin, which one we presume it does. Stout defence by Trent Hinman has kept him ahead of the car bar number 39 Audi with Jeff Westfall uh, behind the wheel. Of the cars in the front, Tim Probert will pit this time around, has pitted this time around. Uh, that will leave Corey Lewis to go through, which he has in the motorsports in action, the Mia McLaren. Uh, that's the number three car. He's been out there for 18 laps now. Tom Dyer will go through. No, he's pitted as well. So that will leave Kyle Marcelli to come through in second. 
having had six laps. So he pitted nine minutes ago and we've got 44 minutes on the clock. Even I can work out that that would be a 53-minute stint. Hello to Eric Karub, who is not at the track this weekend. First time in a long time that Eric, who's the man at the head of motorsport in action, as not at the track. You guys are doing a decent job leading the race at the moment, but owing us a stop, having just put the fastest lap of the race in a few laps ago from Corey Lewis, which I failed to mention. My apologies. Uh, in that uh, number three, white and green, motorsports in action. McLaren coming down to the penultimate corner at the moment with the BGB Jan Halen now behind the wheel of the Cayman, which has had an um, incident pack race, I think. Right, the press release for that one, Jeremy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, he actually said that uh, soon after he took over took over the wheel of the car, taking advantage of the fresh tyres on that Mia McLaren, uh, Corey Lewis, back on lap uh, 27. Um, when he was, uh, he just made the stop. He stopped uh, two or three laps earlier, and taking advantage of those, of those fresh tyres. So, uh, and that uh, that lap time was a uh, 131.2, which is far and away a new lap record. The old lap record was a 32.0 by Carl Marcelli one year ago. So, that 131.2 is a pretty remarkable lap. Uh, Carl Marcelli, by the way, has just had a 131.8 in the uh, second place car. Uh, and there's been a whole bunch of cars in the 31s as well. Yeah, Hintman a 31.6, call it a 31.7. So there's uh, 19 seconds between first and second. But remember, Corey Lewis in that Mia McLaren. Uh, a, slightly being held up, I think, uh, at the moment. But also, B, needs to give us his final pit stop. Carl Marcelli has only made one stop. It was six laps ago. If he's going to go to the end, he will have had to do... Uh, 53 minutes and at the moment everything that Kyle has done has been green flag racing so uh, possibly a little bit of intervention of the safety car might help him out Shea Adam has the fuel update in appropriately enough the VP racing fuel pit and paddock report just been doing a little bit of snooping and a little bit of uh, talking to some other of the brains up and down the pit wall. They don't think Marcelli can make it on his tank of fuel because yeah. he left the pit lane with 53 minutes and 55 seconds to go, whereas the Carbon team left with a lot fewer than that. So the Audi right now isn't worried about fighting for the track position with the car ahead of him because they think that the 60 Aston Martin will need another stop. But that seven Aston Martin might just be able to squeak it. Well, Jeremy, well, me Jeremy mentioned that they can't do much more than 45 minutes, and they would have to do about 47, 48 minutes, Jeremy, uh, if if they are going to get to the end in that Audi. Uh, so it, it's tight for them as well, I think. They came in, it they came in with 50 right. to go. They came in number 39 car. The number I'm 60 counting car. it from when he went out. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The. Um, the uh, number uh, 60 car that came in three laps sooner Correct. Uh, before that. So either the uh, the Aston Martin does not have enough to, to go to the end or it has better fuel range. One of the two. We're going to find that out in the later stages of this race, uh, obviously, because uh, uh, I would have thought they would have brought number seven car in uh, as soon as they possibly could in order to get to the end without having to make another splash. Uh, and that was in four laps after 
the number 60 Aston Martin. So similar cars came in four laps apart. So um, I uh, I would concur with that. You know, either the 60 car is getting really good fuel consumption or it's not getting good enough. And that's why it came in before yeah. the uh, number 39 car. But there's no question in my mind, Jeff Westfall, or excuse me, uh, Tyler McQuarrie could have gone a lot faster all the way through his stint, but couldn't because he, he needed to make sure he didn't burn up too much fuel. At the moment, the leader is now losing time. A couple of seconds off his best lap time, although the car is moving around a bit. I don't think it's all Jan Heerlen holding him up in uh, the BGP, Kierman, but he is certainly now being held up, He's and he's struggling for a little bit of grip as the battle for second and third goes across the start-finish line and down into turn two. The vault, uh, Aston Martin in... Uh, is in third position with Trent yeah. Hickman behind the wheel, and then Jeff Westfall yeah. in fourth position. Yeah, and and Trent Hickman is definitely closing now on Kyle Marcelli. So Kyle Marcelli has definitely got the message in my book. Uh, he knows he's going to somehow perhaps try and save enough fuel to get to the end of this race. I think it's going to be a bit of a stretch, uh, and uh, and I think that's probably why, because Kyle Marcelli, he was a track record holder here last year. He, he, we know how good Kyle Marcelli is. Uh, and he's not going to be losing a second or more a lap to uh, to Trent Hibbert, who's also a very good driver, obviously, uh, a former series champion. Uh, but uh, Jeff Westfall is hanging in there behind the number seven Aston Martin. Both of those two closing on the number 60. This is going to be a really interesting contest. Now, uh, Sarah Rigby, Alan Prosser, uh, among others, have also spotted the Yoda on the right-hand side of the cockpit of the 39 car. There's a, got to be a story behind this shit, Adam. And there is. It's a lucky charm. After their first season with some bad luck, they put the Yoda in the car, and it has not left the car since then. So it rode with them during their championship, and it's rode with them through this season. But we just haven't noticed it because it's Yoda. And if he doesn't want to be noticed, he won't be. Uh, and Yoda's uncle has just tweeted to us here at uh, IMSA Radio, just as well my nephew, Karsik, does not get. Um, very good. Uh, <laughs> and let's hopefully hope that they, it brings them some decent luck then. Uh, motorsport in action. Mia McLaren leads in the GS category. Uh, it is John Morley uh, in the TCR class for Road Jagger Racing. This is on the pit stops. He's only made one pit stop. Uh, and John's been out there for quite a long time now uh, in that car. Been uh, out there for half an hour, uh, near enough, Jeremy. And uh, he's racking off the laps, doing a nice job. It's all been green, but he will, of course, have to stop before the end. Yeah, we. I, I would certainly uh, anticipate that being the case. I don't think he can stretch his fuel uh, that far. Um, and um, I think it's, you know, it's a shame... Well, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, but I, I think it's a shame that, uh, that uh, Gavin Ernstow was, I presume, struggling at the wheel of that car, did, just didn't want to push it anymore, get out of the car and hand over to John. But if he'd able to, been able to do another 15 or 20 minutes, uh, they could be looking really good for uh, for the win. I think this is probably most likely going to hand the lead and the advantage very much back to the Hyundais. Yeah, and in particular, the second car, the bright red one, uh, well, that is the 33, Gabby Chavez behind the wheel of that. Uh, with my rudimentary calculations, uh, I would say with, let's call it 36 minutes to go, uh, he would have had to have done an hour and six minutes. I think that's asking a wee bit too much, uh, even if John, who is a superb driver, 
and can flick the switch between pace and fuel save. Uh, his last lap was a 35-2 against a 34-5 for Chavez. Parker Chase is now behind the wheel of the 29. Brian Herder Autosport Hyundai Veloster NTCR. Did a 35-4. Parker got into that car only 11 laps ago. John now coming round to complete 20 laps since he jumped in that car. Bit of yellow. Might not take that much, you know, and maybe that's what they're thinking. Save, save a bit of fuel and then hope for a yellow later on and just stay out there and take your chances. Uh, his gap at the moment is one about six and a yeah. half seconds. Look, he came in five laps. The number 61 car came in five laps before number 77, uh, which is the LA Honda World car of uh, Taylor Hagler to hand over to, to Ryan Eversley. So, uh, you know, if he thinks he can get five more laps out of that Audi, he's certainly going to be on, on, on cruise mode here, just going to run whatever pace he can in order to stay ahead of the Hyundais. Last time around, he was about a second, 1.2 seconds uh, slower than the, Audi, the, the Hyundai, but the Hyundai is now only seven seconds behind him. How are they fixed in the championship, Jeremy, in terms of the of, of Gavin and, and John? Uh, they, they come into this weekend uh, fourth in points, mm. but 17 behind Mason Filippi uh, and uh, Michael Lewis. Uh, they're six behind Harry Gottschalk and Mark Wilkins and behind uh, Gabby Chavez. They're nine points behind Chavez. OK, so th 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 there is opportunity, uh, particularly with one of those pairings, not here this weekend, uh, and one of the others that you mentioned there who've had problems. So th there is a bit of an opportunity. Yes. Mm. I think they'll go past Gottschalk, yeah? Um, uh, because they're sitting down in seventh and I don't think they're going to get better than seventh unless something happens further up the field. Meantime, got a bit of a battle going on. It is uh, Jeff Westphal uh, who has just been passed, in fact, by Trent Hinman. Uh, Jeremy said that Trent was closing in, made the pass, but hasn't been able to pull away. Westphal uh, with Yoda. Uh, who appears to be holding an onboard camera rather well, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. He's uh, still staring at the back of the vault, Aston Martin for Archangel Motorsport. Uh, and that is the battle for third and fourth position. They've got about a second and a half between them and second place, which is Kyle Marcelli in the core motorsports, the multicoloured, mainly white but with the multicoloured stripes on. Just going through turn number three now, and they're all on the straight between three and four. That's how close they are. And it's uh, 11 and a half seconds between that trio then. And Corey Lewis still owes us a pit stop in the Mia McLaren, but is still out front. Uh, and now has been in that car uh, for quite some time, actually. Uh, has been in for 25 laps. They've all been green, so that's coming on for not too far away from 40, 40 minutes. So what does the McLaren do on fuel, and how close can he get to the end? How much fuel will he want to put in? Will he go for a new set of tyres? Of course he will, if he has to stop. And yeah, will there be a safety car? That, that that could be the, the clincher for number three car. I mean, they're, they're going to probably pit with maybe in 10 or 15 minutes' time. 
um, and they're going to fall uh, you know, a long, long way back down the order. But uh, they'll probably come out uh, around, probably just outside the top 12, I think. But with very fresh tyres for the dash to the end and a very yes. motivated driver in Corey Lewis, who has put the fastest lap of the race in. And by about three-tenths of a second, which it doesn't sound a lot, but that, that shows you what can be done. And that is presumably against people with similar aged tyres on their cars when they set their fastest lap, Jeremy. And in the closing stages here, because this is such a low-grip circuit, the tyre degradation, the difference between the tyre performance when it's brand new and very much not brand new, uh, that can be significant here. True. Yeah, I mean, look, we watched the Hyundai at the moment of Gabby Chavez. He's now, uh, he's got Tom Dye in, in between himself and the and the class lead. It's only about three seconds, so he's halved that gap in about the last uh, four or five laps to John Morley. So number 33 car, Gabby Chavez. He and his wife, uh, Gabby, are uh, expecting their first child fairly soon. So uh, what, a, what a day it would be for them if they could uh, perhaps come away with the win and um, most likely move back ahead in the championship points. Just hearing from race control, the PF Motorsport number 40 Mustang now officially retired after that, what we think was a fuel pump issue, bizarrely behind one of the earlier safety cars. Car just lost fire and would not despite the best efforts of James Pesek uh, and several three-fingered salutes on the control or delete function, uh, it would not refire. So bad news for them today in this WeatherTech race where Laguna Seca 120. And Shea reminding me that it was something that came unplugged uh, to do with the fuel pump. Now, whether that was electrical or fuel, I suspect that was electrical. So I didn't see any fluid out of that. And uh, a, fuel uh, a fuel pump that has no electrical power is uh, actually just a closed valve, isn't it? It's not a pump at all. <laughs> so, uh, meantime, John Morley has been caught for the TCR lead by Gavi Chavez. And 22 seconds further back, part of Chase's in third position he's 4.6 seconds ahead of ryan eversley in the battle for tcr they're coming to the line now the dark gray audi the very bright red with white and black hyundai veloster through the kink and down towards turn two half an hour to go still that exhaust is uh, waving around jan halen right ahead of them in the BGP Motorsports Porsche 718 Cayman GT4. And that car's had, as we've described it, an eventful day. Shea Adam has been talking to Brian Hurt at Autosport. And when Shea talks to anybody on our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock report, she goes to the top. What's Mr. H been saying, Shea? I quote from Mr. Brian Herta, glad it's not me Gabby's chasing. I wouldn't want to be in that position. He's not <laughs> envying what John Morley is going through right now because 
It is Gabby Chavez going for maximum points and that win. Yeah, and on much newer tyres all round. Remember, they stopped early on and put four tyres on. So the back tyres have not done anywhere near as much work as the rears on the 61. But importantly, they put new front tyres on at what was their second and what they hope to be their final stop. Still waving a little bit of bodywork on the right front. Both of those cars with right front damage, much more pronounced on the 61 Audi as they come out the final corner. And that Audi, Jeremy, really punches out to the final corner very, very quickly indeed and gets good drive off the centre of turn 11. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a fast car. And I'm sure John Morley is out there sort of trying to save fuel, so he's just pushing it as hard as he possibly can in the corners and uh, hoping that he can stay ahead on the straight bits as well. Back Same story for Corey, Stewart, for Corey uh, Lewis at the head of the field as well because he's yeah. got a pit stop to make as well. And he's he's got it back up to seven seconds, that lead, over Marcelli. He's under yeah, pressure no, he's down. He's, he's coming down a, a second or more a lap. Right. He was, it's coming down yeah, at least a second a lap. Uh, but uh, there's no way I don't think the number three car can get, get to the end. I think he's due any time now, if I'm honest. He's done nearly yeah, 30 I, I, laps. Yeah. I would, I would not be surprised if he comes at the end of this lap. 30 laps is a, is a good average stint on a track of this length for a, a GS, a GT4 car. Yeah, I think he's, he's the, the, uh, the mission tiles on that car, I think, have probably passed their best by now. He, he took full advantage of everyone. Here's a move to the inside, though, at the corkscrew. Brian Herter uh, will uh, kind of appreciate that move. Oh. At the block Ooh. coming down the hill to the left-hander at... Uh, Rainey, and he's managed to do that and get the pass made. Now, John Morley goes to the inside, then flicks to the right. Now, we know this Audi's very quick out the final corner, and having made the one move to defend to the inside of the final corner, the Hyundai then could not go back on the racing line. Morley with a good drag off the, for off the final corner as the leader is in the pit lane. And again, pulls out to the outside, to the second-place car. Now to the inside. There's a little tap. There's another little tap as they come out of turn two. This is not over yet. And John Morley is making a fight of this, Jeremy. Leader in the pit lane, Shea Adam. Fuel and tires for Corey Lewis, as the McLaren can only do one tire stop at a time because they use a center-locking wheel nut and one no. gun. So they are given a penalty in a different form than the five lug nuts and the two guns that we normally see on the pit stops. But fuel and tires for Corey Lewis. And that will get him to the end. He's going to drop down, as Jeremy suggested, to the bottom end of the top 10. In fact, he's just dropped out of the top 10 already as Alex Adelgo goes by for Winwood Racing. But that will be a very fast car. The question is, how far can he get back up the field in the last 25 minutes? He's already out of the pit lane. Uh, a, a full course yellow now with him on brand new Michelins could be very interesting indeed. Well, Still this battle for second as well, Jeremy. It would certainly be good news for Carl Marcelli, no question about that, because now he has got the, the other Aston Martin and Trent Himmen right on his tail. We've now got a three-car battle for the lead with Jeff Westfall looking there to pick up the pieces if it all goes wrong between oh. the Aston Martins. And a mistake by the leader. 
Marcelli coming out of the penultimate corner, the right-hander at turn 10, went way too wide, dropped his Michelins onto the dirt, lost grip, had to lift off the throttle and gather himself together. He's lost the lead, he's lost second as Macquarie's gone through. Hinman leads for Archangel Motorsports, Westfall second for Carbon, and in third, Core Motorsports, championship leaders in the Aston Martin. This is a bit of a turnaround in the points situation, but not a big enough gap, I would suggest, as far as Jeff Westfall's concerned. And he'll want to charge as hard as he can behind that number seven Vault Archangel Aston Martin. Yeah, you know, the fact that uh, number 39 car had to save a lot of fuel through that long, long, long first stint, a brilliant first stint by Tyler McQuarrie, uh, means I think now that you know, Jeff Westfall can push pretty hard. and. I think we said early on it was going to be a race between the Aston and the and the Audi. That's exactly what it is. I think Kyle Marcelli is uh, just trying to stroke that car home. If he get it, get home without making another pit stop, he'll be delighted with that. He's got a pretty good lead over the fourth place car. Nico Bastian got past Robbie Foley, by the way, a couple of laps ago. But it's still game on here at the front of the field. That would be a 53, nearly 54-minute run for Marcelli uh, and Jeff Westfall. I think we said that was going to be nearly 50. Uh, however, for Trent Hinman, he's about a lap better off. So that's going to be pretty much a 45-minute run since he came out of the pits, uh, depending on when the chequered flag. So uh, I think Hinman's pretty well off here. Just a little mistake, yeah, no, as I no said. Uh, just a little mistake, as I said, from uh, Marcelli. And that was enough. He was very fair, though, Jeremy. Once he'd made the yes. mistake, he didn't chop back on the right-hand side, which he could have yes. done, and many would have done, to be honest, having made the mistake. Oh, I've made a mistake. Let's get back to the racing line. Bish, bash, bosh. Could have lost all three of the leaders there. Quite agree with you. That was uh, that was very sensible driving by Karl Marcelli. He, uh, yeah, there's no point in fighting. He's just got to bring this car home. If he can finish in third place, that would be brilliant for him because he's got a 20-point lead in the championship coming into this race. So he doesn't need to do anything rash out there. He's just uh, just got to bring it home. Well, it's all going to be on the fuel burn for that third-placed Aston Martin now really moving around the number seven car going into turn number six and Trent Hinman turned in there and there was a moment when I thought that car wasn't going to respond to him the front Michelins were turning and the Aston wasn't that's push that's understeer and that's because Trent Hinman is under real pressure from Jeff Westfall I, what not... a great drive by, by Trent Hinman. Yeah. This is the first time he's raced the Aston Martin, of course. You, you didn't, you didn't, didn't get a chance get to race it last time out. He did some laps in, in practice and qualifying, of course, but or not in qualifying, just in practice. But this is the first time he's actually raced the Aston Martin. So what a good job he is doing, having taken over after a really, really fine first hit for Alan Brynjolfsson. Looking for their uh, their uh, third third win for Alan Brynjolfsson. It will be the tenth for Trent Hinman if they can get through this final. Well, still 20 minutes to go. Still uh, yeah, 21 go. minutes. Uh, and let's let's not forget, Jeremy, it uh, depends when they go across the line. So you could add maybe almost another minute and a half on that if you cross the line, you know, just with about a minute and 40 to go, you won't get the white flag next time around. So you'll be another minute beyond the hour and tw the uh, 120 minutes of the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca 120. 
and that that could be absolutely crucial for one or two of these cars at the front of both of these categories very true very true you know 20 minutes is you know it's uh, it, it is a long time and look at how the uh, the shadows are lengthening here beautiful at Tech raceway laguna seca and um it's uh it's you know it's it, it makes the site site can be a can be can be tricky particularly going into uh the uh through the uh, through the corkscrew side by side two amg gt4s side by side through five surely they won't try and go side by <laughs> side through turn six as well it's dylan murray and eric foss and dylan murray getting the benefit there and riley motorsports the wins car up into eighth position from eric foss in ninth and those two now at the top of the corkscrew with uh, ryan eversley right ahead of them meantime the battle for the lead it's just gone past john morley uh, who is still out there and running nicely. Thank you very much. Two and a half seconds away from the leader in TCR, but the battle for the lead overall and in GS just goes through turn three under the bridge and heading down towards turn four. Westphal has not given this up. Jeff has not given this up. Oh, the two EMGs are side by side again across the line. Well, we'll know if they've traded paint there because really those two colours do not fit well together. The wins car, very brightly coloured in the purple and orange and, well, pink. And then that chrome copper colour of uh, Marillo Racing. And they're still at it. And they're still side by side. And is this down the inside at turn four to get the position back? Yes, it is. The 56 goes back through. Brilliant stuff from Eric Voss and Dylan Murray. Well, it just goes to prove they might be battling for eighth position, Jeremy, but they're having great fun side by side through turn five again. Now, that Riley uh, 50, uh, 35 car, excuse me, is for seal. Um, so I'm presuming that Dylan's been told not to put a mark on it. <laughs> the leaders come across the line again. Westphal pushing this hard, Jeremy. You mentioned the lack of fume mileage that we've seen this year for the Audis, round about 45 minutes on most circuits. This is quite a heavy fuel usage circuit because there's a um, lot of flat-out running. Not really. It's a, it's a low-speed track, so it certainly oh, okay. isn't as bad as, uh, as some other uh, tracks on the circuit. Uh, you can get a bit more here. I think than, than some other places, uh, just because it's not as fast, not as much sort of full, flat out, you know, top of the range running as there is on somewhere even like, uh, like uh, Michelin Raceway. So, is this pace from the two leaders, uh, Hen uh, Trent Hinman and Jeff Westfall, 33s, low 33s last time around? Um, I mean, it is going to be a stretch, surely for the Audi Tire Centre-sponsored car barn car. And, but he's pushing. He's, he's really trying to push Hinman. And, and he's not letting Hinman just cruise it either. So just, I mean, has Jeff been doing enough fuel saving when he was out in front to, to get the call from the pit lane? Right, your numbers are all right, mate. Now you can go and race. Because there was well, a noticeable difference after he'd, after he'd been sort of closed down. And then these two went into the lead and saw off Kyle Marcelli. There's been a noticeable difference in the pace. The 
the number seven car came in one lap after number 39. So, um, you know, I mean, these cars are supposed to be balanced such that they can they can run similar distances on fuel. I was going to, to say that to includes fuel mileage. That's part of the BOP, isn't it? Yeah. Effectively, yes. So that's tank so, size and things like that, that that are balanced by IMSA to basically level the playing fields on cars that quite often have very different philosophies and layouts, etc. They're carving their way through traffic at the moment. Uh, I just wanted to carry on. We've only got 15, call it 16 minutes to go. I just wanted to carry on because this is brilliant stuff from two drivers who are clearly very comfortable in these cars. Uh, GT4 cars do have a little bit of electronic aids, ABS, traction control, and these two, well, the Aston is quite sophisticated in, uh, and it's one of the newer GT4 cars. The Audi, not in the first flush of youth, but has had a couple of updates and has the engine in the middle. So that's very good for tyre wear normally. But the guys from Aston will tell you that that is a front engine car, but it's a front mid-engine car because the AMG sourced V8 is pushed a long way back and they've got a transaxle gearbox on the rear axle. So it's a near 50-50 weird split. This is a cracking battle. It certainly is. I mean, the Aston and the Audi, they've been uh, the cars uh, to beat this season, no question about it. And in terms of the manufacturer, well, I haven't said that, though, in the Manufacturers' Championship, it's Aston and the Mercedes were separated by just one point at the front. Uh, uh, Audi, another seven points back in third position. But, you know, it's been uh, a really good manufacturer battle, a good driver's championship all the way through. 33 is leading in the TCR category, Gabby Chavez has pulled out about four seconds now on uh, John Morley, who must be due for a pit stop soon. He's been out there since 1876 or something, hasn't he? Uh, he's, I think he's done 50, he has, he's done 55 zero minutes now. You prefer, you prefer that, that's 31 laps, all green flag laps, by the way. As the battle for the lead goes through turn six and Heads up the hill, goes by the KMW TMR Alfa Romeo Giulietta, which, by the way, is now in fifth position after its trials, tribulations and pit stops early on. Share Adam, what you got? John, you're not supposed to mention the Alfa. Every time we mention it in the last 30 minutes of the race, it stops on track. I'm sorry, KMW, I'm sorry. Yeah, OK. What Alfa? There's no Alfa out there. Alpha. This is not the Alpha you are looking for. <laughs> That's right. Move along. Go about your business. Move along. Go about your business. Now, how's Alex Udell doing? He is, uh, excuse me, it's uh, Nico Bastian, isn't it, in the number four car for Winwood Racing, sitting in a rather quiet fourth position at the moment. Robbie Forley is not catching in the last time around. He's got about two and a half seconds on Robbie ahead of him. It's Kyle Marcelli. Ah, he took four tenths out of Kyle, but he's got 11 and a half seconds to make up in that uh, GT4 AMG. So at the moment, stroking that one home for another decent result for Winwood Racing. Uh, Alec Udell in the second car is in 11th position. Scoring is not updating. Ah. Which is not helpful. 
put three different storage systems on. All telling different stories. Yeah, well, it seems to be an awful long 59th lap for these cars. Uh, just hearing that officially, although I think we guessed uh, that the number 71, that's the Rebel Rock Urban Grid Camaro, has been retired. So okay, finally it's updated itself, right. There's a oh. timing glitch there of some sort, but it's finally sorted itself out. We're three laps without any timing. Uh, we are now on lap 62 completed. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. All of a sudden it leapt forward three laps. Yeah. Well done to the guys at Alcabel. Making that one work. So Archangel Motorsports by no. seven tenths of a second. Sh uh, Sean, what? You did curse them. I did. The pit stop. Smoke out the back of the no. Alpha coming through the corkscrew. You are kidding me. Nope, it's in the pit lane now. I'm gonna watch 40, this, but I think. Forty-four I think minutes. Forty-four minutes for that car. They dash into action down there, and no sign of any fuel going in. They're working in the passenger side of the car. Well, if there would be a passenger, it would be on that side of the car. But two mechanics ran around to that corner of the car. And the mechanic standing in front of the car actually just shaking his head. He can't believe they made it within almost 10 minutes to the end of the race. And heartbreak again. They have DNF the last one, two, three races in a row. And four out of the last five. All right. Hashtag blame Hindhoff. Fine. It's normally me. I'm not. I keep my mouth shut. But you, that. you had an unbelievable weekend yes. at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Every time you mentioned anybody or anything, it it literally went up in smoke. It was. It, that's the most within within a lap or two. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. oh, it was 20 minutes no, ago. Jeremy said ridiculous. something. I tell you, what, hey John, enjoy the rest of the race. I'll talk to you. Uh, <laughs> When the checker flag falls, how's that? All right. I think that's what everybody on the pit wall will be seeing about you and I. Yes. Just can we can we just have Shea doing the reports, please? Don't let those two talk about our cars anymore. Uh, we're down in under 10 minutes to go at IMSA Radio. Uh, uh, and we're on RS2 around the circuit and around the world as well, of course. Good to have your company. Uh, final action of Super Saturday. Uh, we've got Sunday with uh, qualifying for IMSA WeatherTech, then a Lamborghini, the second of the two Lamborghini Trofeo races, and then the uh, Hyundai Endurance Challenge on Sunday for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Mia McLaren, I said this car would be battling through. It is. Uh, Corey Lewis just going past Sebastian Prio, that's 11th position. And also in this fight is number 57 car, Alec Udell. Uh, actually, he just finally just got past uh, Prio. So uh, Prio's all of a sudden lost a couple of positions there. And Udell's going past Murray at turn five. So this, this is the battle. And they're all sort of relatively close by. So Dylan Murray is in ninth, Udell in 10th, then Lewis in 11th and Prio in 12th. Uh, and there's a couple of places to be made up here for Corey Lewis on much newer 
Michelin rubber than those around him. They're at the top of the corkscrew now. Eight and a half minutes to go. Half a second between first and second. The car's scraping on the ground as they bounce down that, what is it, 60 feet of drop between the top and the bottom of the corkscrew. And now we have ninth, 10th and 11th. And this is what we were talking about earlier on, about the tyres having taken their toll. They've been sliding around. Huge, wide exit from the final corner from the Riley Motorsport AMG. Just had no grip whatsoever. Yudel goes down the inside and takes over uh, what is uh, eighth position. Check that, ninth position. And Corey Lewis, I think, is looking to make here and has done. So he's gone through. Now, how far up the road is Eric Foss? I think he's 10 seconds. He is 10 seconds up the road. Sounds like a lot, but Corey Lewis in clear air, he might be able to take a, a second and a half or so out of those ahead of them. He's on much newer tyres. That's a huge advantage right now, Jeremy. Well, it really is. You're absolutely right. And, you know, he's, he's charging, he, even making a couple of passes on that lap. He was uh, a second quicker than Alec Udell, uh, who's... Um, who just went past Alec Udell. And he, uh, uh, he was actually a little bit slower, Derek Foss, but that was also with passing a couple of cars, excuse me. Yeah. Incredible consistency at the front of the field just uh, by our race leader, Trent Hinman. His last three laps will be within milliseconds of each other uh, and yet still he hasn't uh, pulled away there's uh, Jeff Westall looming large in his mirrors these two cars are still very very closely matched we're into inside now we're just over six and a half minutes remaining in this race yeah and they've been lapping obviously you know within tenths in fact not even tenths fraction of tenths of a second it's barely been more than half a second for well the last 20 minutes to be honest this has been tremendous and and think of the concentration for both of these drivers dear viewer and listener Trent Hinman he comes upon traffic first he's got to not make a mistake Jeff Westfall he has to push and look at the back of the car in front there is a bit of aerodynamic advantage for sitting in behind on the straights but in the corners in the turns these GT4 cars do produce a little bit of downforce. Look at the front of the cars when they drive past you. You can quite clearly see the big wing on the back and the aero at the front. That's balancing out. That's giving a little bit of downforce. So that means that Westfall isn't getting the best aerodynamically out of the car as he turns in. That's putting pressure on his front tyres. He's right there, though, at turn two now and closes in under braking. Now... This could come down, Jeremy, to who has kept their Michelins in better shape at the end of the race. They're down in the 33s now. Their bests are 31s. Their two best times, 31.6 and 31.6 for these two. That's their best laps. Last time around, 33.4 for Hinman, 33.2 for Westfall. He's there now, and this is Westfall now, I think, deciding with five minutes to go, it's time to pressure, it's time to try and make a meaningful manoeuvre, which he hasn't done as yet, but he's getting close enough to make that challenge now, Jeremy Shaw. Look, the, the gap's been pretty much constant since they came out of the pits, quite frankly. He's been that close all the way along, uh, but, it, but certainly uh, we, we're getting now down to the, to the end of the race. We know that the... Uh, 
the car barn with Peregrine Racing Team, the Audi team, they just want wins. Uh, the number seven car it's also just what wins, but for different reasons, of course. Number seven car just what win, wants a win because they're, they're not in the championship reckoning. Number 39 car, they still are in the championship reckoning if they can get a win today. Talking of win, there's the world, yikes. Touch and side-by-side -side action. That was the Riley car and Seb Prio. So Dylan Murray with a little bit of a, a, a moment there as he was... Um, ushered gently off the circuit uh, by Seb Prio. And that was a, a very scary moment for both of them there. Big plume of dust thrown into the air. But Dylan Murray lives to fight another day, but his lap times have dropped away. And Gregory Lee Fugger, the same issue. Uh, so has Robbie Foley. Eric Foss, his lap times have dropped away. So Corey Lewis now, remember it was just over 10 seconds when we said Corey Lewis started to uh, chase down eighth position it's now just over seven seconds i don't think he's going to get there but he's going to give it a good try and still the leaders will now a couple of laps left so that that audi is going to go to the end now there's no point in stopping and if either of them have got a problem both of them have a problem on fuel because they stopped jeremy with just a lap between them and if one of them coughs and splutters, they could both be in big trouble here. There's a long drag up to the corkscrew on the last lap if you've got to be saving fuel and the engine's starting to splutter. Yeah, but you know, you know they're both, they're just going to push as hard as they possibly can. They both want this win desperately. It would be uh, the first win of the season for the uh, number seven team. And, um, and you know, they're just going to, push as, as hard as they possibly can they had a couple of, of podium finishes uh, but uh, they would love the first win that's for sure here's Westfall getting a good tour down the front straight now which side does he go all in shade down at turn two now he flicks to the outside he'll drag it back to the inside on the second apex and try to get better drive down to turn three but that didn't work for him there he was right underneath the back of the Aston. It looks like the Audi's a little better on the brakes. The Aston is yeah. very good through the middle of the corner. And it's about even coming off the corners. Yeah, and Trent Hemming, he was super defensive. They're going mm -hmm. down there into the Mario Andretti hairpin last time around. And he's going to be defensive in the final two minutes of this race. It's going to be white flag, uh, I think, uh, next time around. I'd agree with that, Jeremy. So we will go over the 120 minutes of the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca 120 and the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, the penultimate race of the season. <laughs> we'll finish it all off at Sebring for the Mobile One 12 hours part of that weekend at the Corkscrew for the last but one time. Fabulous light, great racetrack and brilliant racing. Through turn nine, now down to the Right-hander at turn 10. Nothing in it between these two. This has been, whatever happens from here, Jeremy, this has been a brilliant display of absolute on-the-limit driving from these two since they came out of the pits for what was their last pit stop. And there's a little bit of an overlap here. It is coming out of the final corner. They've touched. They've touched again. Going th across the start-finish line. And Westfold's got the inside line into the Mario Andretti hairpin. And he's made that manoeuvre. And that car is good on the brakes. Now, can he haul it back? Here comes Hinman. Sticks the nose in, but backs out of it. Smart driving by Trent there. Knew he'd lost the lead. 
thought he might have a little go, but there's traffic ahead. Less than two miles to go now. And there's battling TCR cars right ahead of him. Gabby Charvet, no, it's Parker Chase and Ryan Eversley who are battling for the third spot on the podium. And they've still, they're still battling right ahead of the leaders. Uh, it looks like they're going to be able to get through to turn five. And that's a massive move into turn six for the Audi. Puts a Hyundai TCR between him and second place for the moment. What a brilliantly judged run. If it is to be the win for Jeff Westfall, because he sat there and watched the back of that vault car for lap after lap after lap. It's not all downhill. From the corkscrew, there is an uphill section from about where they are now, coming out of turn 10 through 11 to the start-finish line. Sun in their eyes, they won't mind that now. Brilliant run, brilliant run for Westfall. Nearly 50 minutes. Checkered flag is out <laughs> and the Audi takes it. And the Carbon team go absolutely mad. They beat an Aston Martin, and the good news is it's not the Aston Martin that's in the championship hunt because Marcelli does make it to the line. That's an even better economy drive from Kyle Marcelli, who's just done 55 minutes since his last pit stop. It'll be Winwood Racing for Mercedes-AMG in fourth position ahead of Turner, and Robbie Foley brings home the BMW, the first of two BMWs with... Bimmer World in sixth. In TCR, Gabby Chavez is going to win. And John Morley, what a drive by John Morley. He must have had his slippers on there. <laughs> he dropped back nine seconds in the end. But what a race that was. So John Morley, an hour and six minutes, he has stretched the fuel on that Audi TCR. Couldn't have the pace of the leading car but that was extraordinary so Gavin did do just enough at the start of the race to get that car to the end third for Parker Chase and Brian Herter Autosport all done as they went on to the final lap with the white flag waving it was about at the line Jeremy when Westfall made the move but that was all set up coming out of turn 11 with that little bit extra grip we were talking about he was able to get to the left hand side the inside and get the overlap very very early on on the front straight yeah I mean that, that, the, the Audi you talked about earlier on had really good uh, your cornering speed there he was able to, to make that uh, get, get, get a nose alongside him uh, and that, that was a really really well judged win by this uh, Carbon team. They had to work super hard for that. They had a fast car, no question about it, but they had to work really hard. They had to make sure they had the uh, the fuel economy, uh, had to save fuel when it mattered, and then go for it at the end. Brilliant drive by this entire team. Yeah, great driving from both of the drivers. Great strategy as well. Jeremy's doing a little bit of arithmetic at the moment in the evening sunshine at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. This is going to be big celebrations this Super Saturday evening. Jeremy, what does that do to the championship in GS? 
Well, in GS, uh, there was a 20-point advantage coming in for Nate Stacey and Karl Marcelli. That would be reduced by five because they finished in third position. So that'll now be a 15-point uh, edge with just a one race to go. So that would mean a top uh, top 11 finish. We're tied up for Nate Stacey and Karl Marcelli at Sebring in a, uh, in a few weeks' time. Uh, and as far as TCR is concerned, some real shake around there with some of the championship contenders in early trouble. But with a small field, the uh, the points gained and lost might not be that significant. Not quite as critical as before, certainly. Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez having uh, lost the championship lead with a, 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 a disappointing result last time out. They had a failure there. The win here will pick, take them back into the lead. A haste of Mason, Felipe and Michael Lewis, the two California kids, the avocado boys, as they call themselves. They will now be four points behind Ryan Norman and Gabby Chavez going into the final race at Sebring. Uh, and John Morley and Gavin Ernst don't have done themselves no harm either in that number 61 car. Uh, they, have they overhauled uh, Mason Felipe? No, no, they won't have done that. They won't have overhauled the 91 guys. Uh, not quite. But they will Big have. Um, the, the 61 guys will have closed up as well on the uh, on the top two. Tier. Yeah, they, they will actually move ahead of uh, Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins. So ah, Gavin Ernst and John Morley yes, will now be in third position and still only 12 points out of the lead and, and two points ahead of Harry Gottsacker and Mark Wilkins. I think they would have taken that before to date. Uh, congrats to them and indeed to all of our podium finishes what a race uh, somewhat of a unglamorous start to the race we had um, far more yellow flag racing than green up until uh, about a third of the way through and then after our third intervention by the Hyundai Veloster N safety car a full hour and 14 of green flag flag racing uh, that result, Jeremy, we've heard about the driver's situation. What about the manufacturer points? Yeah, in uh, in GS, uh, it's uh, well, it was it, it was a one-point edge for Aston Martin over Mercedes. It now would be a three-point edge of, with Aston Martin over Mercedes. But uh, Audi now within two points of Mercedes, so just five points off the championship lead. So that's going to come down to the uh, the final race very much at uh, Sebring in the uh, in the. Uh, TCR manufacturers, uh, that'll pretty much wrap it up now for, for Hyundai. Jeremy Shaw was with me, John Heindhoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam, our VP, Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. There are some celebrations and some formalities to go on in Victory Circle for Carbon and for Brian Hurt at Autosport with Curb Agajanian. Congratulations to all of the podium finishers and indeed everyone who got to the end. A race of attrition, certainly right from the start of that. And our penultimate round of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge, the WeatherTech Raceway 120 is in the books. We'll have the drivers, the teams and hopefully you back to join us again for the finale of the 2020 season at Sebring International Raceway as part of the Mobile One Sebring 12 Hours Weekend. Here, 
We've got racing for you tomorrow. Qualifying for WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at 8.30 local time. And don't forget, the clocks fall back one hour tonight for those of you in the US. And when you're doing your time calculations elsewhere in the world, please remember that. We've got a second Lamborghini race with Brian Till and Jeremy Shaw looking after that one. And then the main event of the weekend. The IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship here at the Hyundai Endurance Weekend at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. For, for the rest of the team, including Curry in London, Keith and the rest of the NASCAR production team uh, up in Charlotte, and of course Curry uh, and the rest of the team in London, as well as Shea and Jeremy. I'm John Hindoff. Thanks for being with us on RS2 and live in sound and vision. Have a great evening. For those of you in the States, enjoy your extra hour tonight. Will you sleep or will you party? I think I know what the answer will be for Carbon. I know what they're doing with their extra 60 minutes. Speak to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.